deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock don't be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is open up as has the Griffin. Hello and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, Cece. And I'm Liz. And Liz, I kind of, does the energy feel any different when I do the countdown slower there? Yeah, maybe I'm a little bit, a little bit sluggish, but I also have a little bit of a cold, so I'm not Mm. really sure what, there are too many variables. (laughs) I, uh, I had, last week I realized I was doing my countdown way too fast. Um, and it wasn't Mm. that it was too fast even, it was, I was going one and two and three and hello, blah, blah, blah. That was my intro, Mm -hmm. right? And I had to, like, cut the end of the and and the beginning of my intro, and it sounded very goofy. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should put a little bit more of a pause there at the beginning. I mean, you know, we kind of introduced the, like, music time because we were both, you know, in, like, high school music. So I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, that'll be a really easy way to, like, do it. Um, and I've been spending the last few weeks realizing that you're going on and and not on one, right? Music nerds <laughs> yes. out there were like yeah. three, three time, one and two and three and one. But yeah. you go on and, which is an interesting choice. So I've adjusted to <laughs> that. In, hey, and then I this week you threw me for, for a loop I, by going very slow. <laughs> Adagio just, on the last beat of the measure. <laughs> So I think that you might need to go back to music class. Uh, it's swing. I'm, 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 it's, I'm doing jazz. One this and is, a two this. and a. <laughs> and we'll go on an uh. <laughs> the problem is if we, can, sorry, can you give me a one and a two and a, can you do that again for me? One and a two and a. Ba-bum, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> that, that, that will just be my like natural response. Mm. No matter what, so we can't do it that way. Because if I was having if, you be the conductor, and you have us, <laughs> and, and we're going on on the fourth beat. <laughs> I'm sorry, you didn't realize that when you asked me that question. This there was a call out bubbling under the surface. Oh damn! Well, I uh, I I will take this to heart. We will. I might need to be will... the new conductor. Okay, so if you would like to be the conductor for the episodes, absolutely. We're we're, go- we're going in. in... In in three three time, and we're going on one, one and two and three and. Bum bum bum. Yes, there we go. That's perfect. I'm glad we could work through this. <laughs> These are all things that we have to work out because because you know we, we're we're approaching we're approaching two years of having this podcast. Right. We're approaching 100 episodes too, mm-hmm. which is pretty b- b- both incredible milestones. Yeah. And we're like, you know, we're looking at like, damn, maybe we need to like make this a company or whatever. So, uh-huh. so, the, so the IRS doesn't yell at me. Mm. These are all things that we probably need to get out. You need to air out before we become business partners, right? Just like, okay, uh, I need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn how to properly conduct the intro. 
Uh, so I'll, I'll make a note of that. Is there anything, any, any other uh, business we should? Uh, I mean, a podcast should... is kind of like like having a band, and it's like, yeah. you know, we've got this great band. We sell out all of our shows. It's very popular. Um, we're known in our local community, and it's like, uh, but you know, our guitar player goes. We we start every song, and we go on. <laughs> we go on the last the last and beat of the measure <laughs> we just had we just kind of adapted to that but now but now maybe we can we can uh, we can change that up now that we're we're getting very popular and very cool yeah we're getting look we're getting signed we're gonna have to play for some label <laughs> some label guys we cannot just... go in a, a beat early no Please. no <laughs> oh god well Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for keeping me on my toes there. Yep. I will remember that for next time. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will I will try and properly adjust my the time signature I'm I'm recording this podcast in. I you know, I have to say that uh, I know it's like a a podcast um joke and common thing that kind of goes on with with audacity and all of this stuff, the clap, right? Yeah, the and clap. And I've spent mm-hmm. I've spent all this time listening to podcasts and I'm like all this time my hubris cuz I was like these fools we we've both taken music class. We don't we don't need this. We we have rhythm. We can count down. We're conductors here, mm-hmm. and that was that was hubris, clearly. Yeah, yeah. I should. I need to go back. I need to go back to music class. <laughs> <I need> to... <laughs> oh, what a weekend! So J.K. Rowling tweeted again, which you know used to be. This has been such a weird renaissance. Because I feel like when we started the show, she was just tweeting all the time, right? Like constant, like just constant. She was just using it like like a normal person for the most part, uh, uh, saying dumb stuff here and there. You know, writing me a, a poem about Jeremy Corbyn on my birthday, right? Uh, uh, but but we we really took that for granted. But now we're in a weird spot where she's like trying to tweet like a normal person again, and it's just it's just not working. Uh, uh, so I woke up Saturday morning and I had two tweet notifications on my phone. Right. As, uh, as will become clear as I sort of walk through this bizarre story, it is a huge tragedy that I did not, one, immediately screenshot my phone at this moment. Right. And two, I do not have full like previews on my push notifications Mm. i'm very private i don't like i don't like putting like you know people's texts or whatever visible on my phone right like having like having the notification that says there is a new tweet or there is a new text or whatever that's fine but i don't want to i want to unlock my phone before i see what it is right but this this tendency really bit me in the ass this weekend because I can confirm 100%. I swear black is white, up is down. I I know this in my heart of hearts. She did tweet twice and she did delete one of them. Right. Uh, And the one that survived was like a quote tweet thing uh, of like Patton Oswalt reading Harry Potter to his daughter, blah, 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 boring. Um, But I didn't see what the second one was. Like it it just took me to whenever I clicked it, it would just take me to this tweet has been deleted. This tweet is unavailable. Well, hold on a second. Mm. I saw your screenshot also. Tweet definitely was deleted. I can I confirm. She did leave two tweets up, right? Because there's the Patton Oswald one, and then she also tweeted the picture of her manuscript. No, that came later. Oh. 
Yeah. So so this 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 came. So this is I I, I kind of I'm, I have to do my mind palace like walking through this piece by piece thing. Right. Right. So early that morning, I woke up. She's already deleted the tweet, and the only one that is visible that's new is uh, uh, the Patton Oswalt quote tweet. Yep. So I didn't really think anything of it. I figured she just maybe like misspelled something in like the first attempt to quote tweet or whatever. Right. And just deleted it and and reposted it. And that could still be true. We we will never know. I still think that's true. Yeah, I think that's the most likely thing. About an hour later, I think, I got another notification on my phone. And this time I figured it was you like messaging me saying like, hey, I don't know, have you seen this JK Rowling stuff? And so I like opened it, but no, it was another tweet from JK Rowling that was the picture of her manuscript saying, like, oh, I've done writing my fifth book. Uh, or the fifth strike book or whatever. Too long. Too long. That's just some, that's just some, uh, this is not relevant. I'm just saying it is too long. Cut some of that out. <laughs> Wait, cut some of the book out or cut? No, cut the, yeah. Cut, the <laughs> book is too long. <laughs> this, sto- this story is too long. I thought you were Boring. like telling me to wrap it. I thought you were, damn, you're telling me to, get to to count in faster. You're telling me to wrap up my news break. <laughs> Okay, so she she tweets that she posted she she posts a picture of her giant pile of of uh, uh, detective novel detritus mm-hmm. uh, and and so that was that I was like okay she's just like tweeting normally now she's right. decided today is the day right then a screenshot starts going around mm. of her quote tweeting a photo from the subreddit of someone who got this very cheesy tattoo of harry potter glasses but colored like a pride flag right that says the the old quote that she never actually said uh no one should have to live in a closet right Right. and the quote the screenshot shows her tweeting that with the the text yes they should (laughs) which This is this is where things started to get weird because the sor- the only sources I could find for the most part, not all of them, but the people who were passing this around were for the most part right wing Rouge V freaks, right? Yeah. Like this this is this is not coming from sources I have much interest in <laughs> giving airtime to. However, you know, it did get picked up by by some more trustworthy folks and stuff, and and this was getting passed around like this is like a true thing. This is what she deleted. And it was weird, right? Because I didn't, I mean, you know, she has 15 million followers or whatever. I'm sure there are some people who are as obsessive as we are uh, 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 tracking her her online movements, right? Mm. But I was like, wait, is this just a coincidence? Like, are, am I the only person who has, like, this key piece of evidence that she did tweet and delete something this morning? And so I was, I had to be very careful because I was like, I don't think... I don't think this is true, necessarily, but she did delete something. Yes. And this sort of, like, built some steam up until she finally tweeted. And, th- <laughs> like, this is this is the cherry on top. Let me read just the, the full quote, because it is, it is such a perfect fucking end cap to this story. Because, like, like, people, it was getting passed around. A lot of people were just believing it out of hand. Just like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, we know she's transphobic or and whatever. Like, of course she would tweet something this horrible. Uh, so she tweets a quote from uh, Hannah Arendt, 
if a patent forgery is believed by so many people, the task of the historian is no longer to discover a forgery. The forgery is being believed. This fact is more important than the, in than the circumstance that it is a forgery, mm. which is a very interesting quote. Like that's you know, I would say that's a, a book worth reading. Um, what an amazing, just self own, just a total just like stepping on a rake <laughs> and having it hit you in the face. Thing. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, Joe, why are people so readily believing that you would say something that shitty? <laughs> like, what a fucking huge... Not only that, to, like, position herself as, like, the oppressed person in this in this quote, right? Like, this this quote about uh, uh, anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic propaganda in Nazi Germany, right? <laughs> like, uh-oh. That's the same... That is exactly the same as having someone make up a screenshot of me quote-tweeting something and being rude. Exactly the same. I don't know what to say because it's so... It's so amazing. It's so perfect. And and also, just, like, she couldn't just say, like, no, this isn't... I did not... This isn't real. Yeah. Like, couldn't just say this is fake or whatever. She had, had to, dig, to dig up a quote about it. She had to dig up... Not only did she have to dig up a quote about it, she had to say something that I think is maybe equally dumb to the thing that she is defending herself from having said. Right. Like, like on that... like. Not doing yourself like I'm still I am ninety nine point nine percent sure that is a fake screenshot the deleted thing right uh huh just just so like we know she's already masked off but like that's a level of vindictiveness I don't think that she has I uh, don't I don't think that she thinks that of herself like I like, right I, exactly I, I think that there have been like and even if she didn't understand it. Or son- or was being transphobic in this way, and then decided like, oh, I thought it was about trans folks, but it actually was about gay people who I like. Dumbledore's gay. Like mm-hmm. even even if just like it like cr- like wacko world, her brain. She's seen and commented on that graphic specifically. She, I think. Yes, she, she has. knows oh. it. She's like, oh yeah, haha great um i think she took a picture of herself wearing a shirt with it on or something like she's aware of that uh she's she's been made aware of this meme before right so there's that and 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 also i think the other thing too is that like as we discussed more at length when when her first horrible mask off tweet happened is that she absolutely still sees herself as like a progressive uh, 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 voice, right? Right, exactly. She's she's not she's not doing supervillain shit against all gay people, right? Uh, she she is fully convinced that she is holding the correct, like liberal position. Um, she just specifically has has drunk the Kool Aid on the like the trans bathroom shit, right? Like she's she she has very she has one specific gripe. And you know, it's a it, it's a big one and it's horrible, but like she she she's not as like she's no she's not like anti rainbow flag right like like she definitely still sees herself as like part of that coalition and like that like left liberal community. right and, and I'm sure she also doesn't have a great 
um, a record on that. Like if I had to guess, and and obviously I, I don't know her. I don't know what what she what she thinks in her heart, but I'm I'm sure that it is that that brand of like, you know like be be normal right like, like that's her, that's her whole thing like yeah we'll accept you please be normal yes um yeah. i also think that there's like some some twitter detective style stuff that stacks stacks the deck against this being a real tweet right there's only yeah. one screenshot there's mm-hmm. only one timestamp. she mm-hmm. has enough followers that i feel like if this were true it would have it would have exploded yeah totally she has 15 million followers and i am sure i am not the only one who is psycho enough to have tweet notifications on for her you know (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so i'm i'm pretty convinced it's fake but at the end of the day i think it also just doesn't matter you know like what new information would we get if if that was a real tweet you know we know she sucks ass not not particularly interesting um i think that the the only reason, honestly, that I thought that this was worth talking about in this segment is just the the incredible choice she made to uh, to quote the origins of totalitarianism. At the, it is truly perfect. Just fucking could not have written a better ending to that myself. Just fantastic. Um. So yeah. So there's there's our tweet check in. I'm glad we're getting these again. Um, but what a weird one this week, huh? Yeah, she also changed her cover photo. Oh, she did. She changed it to like an alchemical like diagram, didn't she? Some something like that. Oh or a no, birth never mind. Chart it's a, or some, something. It's a horoscope. So, but I'm not sure uh, exactly what the fuck it means. I'm sure it's probably something to do. Maybe she's writing a, a zodiac killer story for. Uh, for uh mr mr galbraith you know wow that sounds exciting yeah no one's done that before it's really good um we have one more piece of news here and this is also one that requires a little bit of detective work sure this isn't really like sourced from one story but i've i've sort of been like trying because this is something we talk about a lot especially when we're speculating about the movies and stuff you know where is harry potter Right now, like, as a cultural touchstone, where does it sort of slot in, right? Right. And I think we might have just gotten one of the best concrete kind of pieces of evidence or or, or just, like, just just examples um, ever so far on this show to kind of pick apart and, and, and piece a story together. Yeah. So... These are this is from Forbes. Uh, I've actually got two Forbes stories here because they're they are the people who care about this stuff that have been a, focused on like Harry Potter merchandising revenue and stores and whatnot and how much money those things are bringing in. And it's mm-hmm. v- kind of weirdly interesting to me. Um, I know that this sounds like maybe the most boring thing on planet Earth, but like there's a story in these numbers, I think. First one, Harry Potter stores conjure up $26 million of revenue. This is one that I tweeted out a week ago or so, joking about how, like, they were almost a nonprofit. Because the thing that's buried in this is that the, the like, the, the, the actual profit that that $26 million generated mm-hmm. is uh, half a million dollars. Hmm. And that's from all of the, like, Harry Potter retail locations. Um, so that, you know, granted that, 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 that's the other thing we have to consider here is that this is not taking into account, like, 
I'm assuming at least this is not taking into account like the wands you can buy at Target or whatever, right? This is this is just the like flagship stores. So what what are these stores? Obviously, I know there's a gift shop at the Studio Tour, right? Um, and is this is this taking account of the like merchandise at the theme parks? It can't be, right? I, I don't, don't know what I, I don't think know what a Harry so. Potter I think, store I think uni- is. I think Universal specifically is getting that money, right? And they are, they are not so like, this is a really interesting thing. Cause it is, I, I think even one of these articles and notes, it's rare for media companies to like specifically declare exactly what franchise is making what amount of money. Right. Um, that's usually something that like analysts go in and sort of piece together after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a rare opportunity here. So yeah, so, so this wouldn't count the like, I believe this would not count the stores at like Universal because those are those are Universal's problem, but this would be stuff like the um, the Studio Tour and the flagship stores in London and New York, or the one that's going into New York, right? Um, so half a million dollars of profit there, um, which is you know that's more money than I'll probably ever have in my life, but like that's a shockingly low number to me. Uh, uh, just to, to see in conjunction with Harry Potter, right? Are a lot of the stores new? No, they've been around for a few years. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think it was 2008 that this one started. Because it, it wouldn't be that unreasonable if they... In- I mean, I guess there's the new one coming out, but if they invested a bunch of money mm-hmm. uh, to opening new stores and things, then it, it would be not a huge deal that they didn't turn a bigger profit margin. Mm-hmm. No, it's, 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 uh, they've been around for a few years. Um, uh, I mean, obviously they're in absurdly high rent locations, right? Like one of these is in King's cross station. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's eating up a lot. Like that's, that's prime location. Um, but in conjunction with this story, I think it's, it's, uh, 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 creating a kind of interesting picture here. So this one is 2019 was a big year for digital Harry Potter content. And this came out mm-hmm. a couple days ago. And it's a, that's an odd headline. It says it's a big year. And it made, let's see, where is the actual filing here? Um, so this is, uh, this Forbes article cites a Times article, J.K. Rowling profits double thanks to Harry Potter ebook sales. And this is referring specifically to the Pottermore Company, uh, uh, which is her own company. Pottermore Limited, and it doubled from 3.4 million to 6.9 million, which again, more money than I will ever see in my my life. But like, that's, you know, that's, that's everything related to Pottermore. That's Wizarding World Gold. That's the ebooks. It's the merch they sell there. That's like, that's a lower number than I would imagine for Harry Potter, right? To be fair, they don't have anything new. But the thing, the thing that really put this in perspective for me was I went and looked because I was like, am I just wrong? Am I just like, am i just like imagining way bigger numbers for no reason and so i i decided i went i would go and look at like the star wars numbers sure from similar times so if we pick a year i'm i'm looking at a, a and granted this is a so star wars is another one where like the you know disney and hasbro do not explicitly say how much money star wars is making for them right right analysts so this is this take this with a grain of salt this is I'm I'm looking at this post, an analyst going through and saying, I think this is how much the Star Wars things make. 
but if we pick a year that like a Star Wars movie did not come out, uh, like 20, uh, okay, wait, hang on. Actually, that's more difficult than I thought. <laughs> 2014, before Force Awakens came out, right? Mm-hmm. 205 million for merchandise. And that's like in an off year. Then, of course, when uh, when the, the new movie started coming out, that number like skyrocketed again, right? Sure. But like, that's a lot. And like, you know, that's, there would maybe be a different picture if if we had something more analogous specifically to Pottermore, right? Like, I don't know if there's, like, a Star Wars web portal that, like, a bunch of money funnels through. Maybe that's closer to, like, what, um... What, what Harry Potter's making, but I did find that interesting. I was like, oh, this, there there were a couple of zeros that I expected to be in the Harry Potter numbers that are not, I guess. I still wonder if J.K. Rowling is standing in the way of, like, more aggressive monetization, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's such a difficult spot to be in, because I think almost with practically any other artist, I would be applauding that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like if, if an artist, if, if, if there was an artist who was uh, working with a major company to get their thing out there, but had put their foot down very firmly and said, like, I, I don't want, I don't want this, 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 and this to happen. I want control. Like, normally I'm like, yeah, good on you, right? Like, it's cool that you're able to maintain some semblance of control over your creative work, right? Sure. However, we're in a very weird position with J.K. Rowling where n- not only is her uh, 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 contribution to the, the, you know, the world that she's uh, responsible for, like, kind of poison. Mm-hmm. There are so many people out there who I think are dying to care about Harry Potter more than she clearly does, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like she's suppo- she's in the middle of making the you know her her next her her such a huge movie right like like we're still waiting for the shooting to start on just the biggest movie of all time all the actors are so thrilled it's so it's gonna be so huge and she's just like wrote a detective novel in the middle of that and like has been mostly interested in writing about like Dumbledore and wizards shit- shitting themselves like it- it's such a weird situation like I I'm shocked that no one has come in and sort of said like look we are going to let other people touch this property now it's interesting right. I don't know like I-, I don't know if it's just like because of my very specific relationship with Harry Potter that I'm like kind of relaxing my principles a bit but like I would love to see someone else work on this shit right I mean it's very strange Especially reading through the books and feeling like we, I, I feel like we've hit a part where I'm like, oh, J.K. Rowling isn't even interested now. Like, I'm like, yeah. book six or whatever, and I feel like she's lost interest, so. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we're we're in a really weird spot where it's like, I think, I think Harry Potter means a lot more to a lot of much more engaged creative people now than it does to her. And it's, it, it's, it's interesting I'm sort of getting the sense that it, it just really, it really might be what you say. Like, like she's just like, is not letting, not letting WB do anything with it. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's certainly more interesting than this chapter we read this week. What do we say we get into that? I guess. I don't really remember it at all. <laughs> I read it three times. I still, I'm like, I'm, I'm really excited for your um, summary of it this week because I'm, I'm like, I'm going to have to listen to it and re- refresh myself. 
I have my summary in front of me, and I feel like um, every every bullet point, I'm gonna have to like re-remember what it is. Um, this week, we read chapter sixteen. It is called "A Very Frosty Christmas." Hmm. Hmm. Harry's telling Ron all about what he overheard Snape and Draco talking about. Um, and it also sets the scene and they're peeling some sprouts um, and are at the burrow for Christmas. Um, it's at, at this, this point that, that Ron kind of reacts and is shocked by Snape saying that he made an unbreakable vow and, and also explains to Harry what an unbreakable vow is. And the way he does that is with a humorous tale from his childhood of the time that Fred almost tricked him into making an unbreakable vow um, <laughs> when he was a, a, a very young and their dad had to stop them. Um, and the information we get from that is that um, if you if you break an unbreakable vow, you die. Um, Ron kind of speculates that uh, Dumbledore and everyone else um, upon hearing the story from Harry, because Harry confirms, like, yeah, I'm going to tell Dumbledore. Yeah, I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell everyone. Snape's a traitor, and Ron says, you know, um, you know that when you tell them that, they're going to say that Snape is working for the Order or is trying to find out what Drago's up to or is a really good actor. Um, and Harry says, you know, yeah, I think so, but you believe me, right? And Ron is quick to agree with him, um, and Harry really stands by. That Snape could like it, it, Snape is Snape is bad. He, he's not that good of an actor. It was very sinister, and he's clearly evil. Harry kind of thinks about how he wants to tell Hermione about what he heard, uh, but reflects on kind of how he hasn't seen Hermione since Leghorn's party because she um, escaped uh, her date with McLoggin, who, um, in response, was irate and angry. And then when they went to the when they were kind of leaving for Christmas, she she disappeared without saying goodbye goodbye to them uh, because Ron and, and Lavender were making out. Uh, it's Christmas Eve now, um, and everyone everyone at the Weasleys, including Bill and Fleur, um, Ginny and Fred and George and and Molly Weasley and Arthur uh, and Lupin is also there, um, but he's not he's not looking so hot. He's looking just kind of. It's it's a it's a bummer to be Lupin right now, um, and th and they're all kind of gathering around and they're listening to Molly's favorite Christmas special, which is um, like a Celestina Warbeck, her favorite singer, does you know yearly uh, yearly Christmas Eve thing, and and nobody likes it except Molly, but Molly's been looking forward to it. Um, uh, during this, Harry talks um, to Arthur a little bit, uh, who gives gives him a gives him an update about what's been going on at the government. Um, but it's top secret, um, and Arthur speculates, you know, the, the minister has been making these arrests, these Death Eaters, including Stan Shunpike and, and some other people, but Arthur doesn't think that any of them are actually Death Eaters. Um, he thinks that the ministry is just kind of doing stuff to look like they're helping because the people are in a panic about Voldemort, and they're really just not making any progress. They can't figure out what to do. Um, Harry tells um, Arthur Weasley what he overheard about Malfoy and Snape talking about, and Arthur has kind of the predictable response um, that Harry even just finishes for him, which is that, like, Snape is clearly doing work for the Order, he's clearly acting, um, uh, and, and, and Harry kind of, kind of challenges him and says, like, well, why, why do we... Why do we trust Snape? Um, and, and Lupin cuts in and says, well, it's because Dumbledore trusts him and we trust Dumbledore and that's good enough for me. 
Harry says, you know, Dumbledore can make mistakes, blah, blah, blah. Um, the conversation kind of turns to what Lupin's been up to, and we get to hear Lupin's story, which is that he has gone undercover with the werewolves, particularly, um, I, and I believe this is our first introduction to Fenrir Greyback, who is a very evil werewolf and has sided with Voldemort, and Lupin is doing work in that, like, pack of werewolves to try to convince some of the other people that they don't want to side with Voldemort. And, and Lupin kind of explains what their, what their deal is. And Fenrir thinks that um, they, should, they should be proud of being werewolves and should actually make everyone into werewolves. And he specifically targets children so that they can, like, grow up and become werewolf people. And then that's when Lupin reveals, I was turned as a child by Fenrir Greybat. Harry's like, damn, that's messed up. Um, Harry then asks Lupin about the Half-Blood Prince, um, and he's kind of hopeful because he's like, hey, is this book my dad? And Lupin <laughs> says, like, uh, I've never heard of the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, and yeah, like, your dad used the Levitate spell, but you know how that stuff kind of comes in and out of fashion. It was very popular. Everyone was using it. Have you thought of checking when the book was published? And Harry's like, no, I didn't think of that. Um, he looks and checks when the book was published and he's like, damn, it couldn't be my dad. This book was published in like the forties or whatever. <laughs> um, it's Christmas. Um, so that's, that's kind of happening. Um, Percy and the minister arrive and Molly's very happy to see Percy, but it is clear that they're only there because the minister is trying to corner Harry, um, because Dumbledore hasn't been letting Harry meet him. Um, it's a very long conversation. I'm going to sum it up as the minister um, wants Harry to show up at the ministry sometimes to look like they're working together to instill hope in the in the public. And Harry, Harry's like, nope, I'm not going to do that. How about you fight Voldemort for real? Um, I'm, I'm loyal to Dumbledore. And he's like, oh, you're loyal to Dumbledore? Harry's like, yep, that's it. That's the chapter. <laughs> I had forgotten at least two details there. What a chapter. This is a different kind of, this is a different flavor of bad chapter than we've had for a while. Yeah. Uh, we, we've had, you know, we, we've kind of run the gamut of like, we've had just kind of ugly, nasty, mean chapters. Right. We've had bonkers plot movement chapters. Mm-hmm. But it's been a while since we just had a like, literally nothing is going on chapter. It's, it feels like it's supposed to be catching us up, yeah. I guess. But I am caught up. I've been reading yeah. the whole time. I know what happened. Yeah, this is like... Um, I, get, I guess it's more elegant because literally anything would be. But like this, this is similar to the Sirius Cave chapter. <laughs> you know, yeah. where, where they go and visit Sirius in, in, his, in his dog cave. And right. he just, like, runs through the entire Barty Crouch mystery for them. And it's like, yeah. yes, I know. I've been I've been reading this book. I understand. I, I know. And it's, it's so weird to get these chapters in a book that, especially, like, like, how, how long did it take you to read a Harry Potter book when you first got it? 24 hours. Right. Yeah, exactly. You get the book and you just devour that thing, right? Like, one or two nights. Yeah. Uh, this idea that that like people need just like a like a, a recap episode last is week so... on criminal minds <laughs> <laughs> the 
that really is this chapter it is the last week on harry potter you know last time on harry potter here's all the the little moving pieces in this mystery that aren't really moving at all because they're all happening off screen to us but it's uh it's a weird one i think the thing that sticks out the most in these chat in this chapter is just the this this is also sort of a world building chapter and every detail we get is just fucking off the wall yeah fred and george (sighs) are super villains at this point right Yet a, yet another thing that happens that feels like it should be a clue that, th- yeah. that one of them is going to be evil. Right. I I had a moment in the, so here here was my like roller coaster with this chapter. Mm-hmm. Is after because last week we we managed to both blow each other's minds a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You 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 floated the idea that like J.K. regrets saying Dumbledore was gay. And that blew my mind. And then I blew your mind by pointing out why the fuck didn't Snape use Muffliato and make this mystery good. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was felt a little bit sheepish going into this chapter because mm. I went so hard on that last week. Yeah. And I was like, is, is the first paragraph here going to be like a character pointing that out? Yeah. But Harry is Harry is so convinced that the book is his dad that like there's been no part like we are not supposed to suspect Snape, yeah, right? That's there would be true. no reason for a yeah. character to be like, you know, why don't why doesn't Snape or Draco know Muffliato? Mm-hmm. That's like a totally different story. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, nonetheless, I like I was going into this because like I didn't quite remember. I didn't remember anything about this chapter at all. And I was like, is this, is this going to, am I going to have to like eat my hat here? Am I, am I, am I like, is, is this going to be part of the story? No. Instead, what we learn immediately is that um, Fred and George have just been monsters since birth. Yes. Uh, and, and I am so annoyed that they are not, or, you know, that one of them, you know, Fred uh, is like not ever a villain in this series do you think that i could make it on youtube as like a theory channel if i made a video about how and and it's like it's gonna be like clickbait right and it's gonna be like fred fred weasley a sociopath and i'll make the shane dawson face on the thumbnail um and then and then like my whole my whole thing will be like molly weasley used a love potion to conceive Fred and George. And that's why Fred is a sociopath. <laughs> do you think, do you think I can make it on YouTube? Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe that's the next, the next big money step for us. Huh? My, Just... my parallel, my, my like evidence that I'm going to use is that this chapter is a song fic. Um, it, it like, is. It, fuck. It, it, it is a song fic. And, it and is. the entire like Christmas Eve scene, it's, I think it's supposed to be like a little bit eerie and a little bit like kind of stifling feeling. And I think yeah. it kind of succeeds at that, although it's very cheesy. But I'm going to use the evidence that it's like the song is cauldron full of love. That's going to be like, oh, clearly that's indicating that Molly Weasley used a love potion to conceive Fred and George. Can you, sorry, I just, I don't mean to be a stickler for the lore, but can you, can you say the full title of the song, please? Uh, no, because I don't know it. <laughs> Cauldron Full of Love. I don't know. Hot, hot burning <laughs> love. I don't know what it hot, is. strong love. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So, so Fred, like, like Fred and George 
are I, I I've said this before. I've gone back and forth on their characters so much in this series, mm-hmm. but this book is really just making them just absolutely outright villainous in a way that frustrates me because it could be it could be so good just like the muffliato thing it could be so good to have this slowly boil over right and and have fred or george or or both of them like be you know like have it be that they have been showing their true colors this whole time right? right like they are just completely amoral uh, uh, hucksters who are out for themselves, right? Yeah, that would be fucking great. It's but... so funny to me that Percy is the one that like betrayed them because his story is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I just don't care at all. That's the yeah, that's the part that is so that that's like the real like evidence that this never crossed J.K. Rowling's mind, right? Uh-huh. Is that we have we have the Voldemort betrayal brother, and he's just kind of a boring like banality of evil character right like god speaking of uh hannah uh arendt stuff like like that he he just joined the ministry at the the, when they're at their worst and like that's why he's estranged right um but fred and george they're oh you know they're just uh uh disguising uh 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 roofies so students can order them without getting them confiscated and trying to kill their little brother with an unbreakable vow and <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> being arms dealers, right? Like, they're, they're just evil. It is actually hilarious that this is happening and running parallel to the story about Dark Triad Voldemort. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, like, we just... Again, imagine how perfect a story it could be if, like, Harry Harry was so focused on, like, damn, I saw Voldemort as a kid and he was fucked up. And, like, Fred and George were just, like, doing all that shit in front of him and he didn't notice. Because <laughs> he doesn't want to notice, right? Like, there's a story there. But it's not being told. It's just we we are we are being left to piece together, like, the greatest book of all time. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's. It's such a bummer because I think that even those jokes are just trying to, like, be... I guess that the only thing I can compare it to is, like, series of unfortunate events level. Like, yeah. jo- like kind of, like, dark comedy style jokes, but they just don't fit at all. They're so from I'm just diff- like, what is happening? I mean, this has always been the thing with them a little bit, is that they are from a different series. Yeah. Uh, they, a lot of their stuff was super funny in books one, two, and three, where everything was a lot more madcap, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like them and Peeves were a lot more entertaining when, like, the, the, like the, the, the stakes and the tone were completely different. Whereas here, now that this is a serious war story, uh, slash spy story, slash book about politics you know it's at least trying to be all those things all of a sudden they are just fucking monsters right it Um, really uh, you know this is not really relevant to our reading but we do go on like the subreddit and oh yeah look at the fandom stuff a lot and all of the like sappy fred and george posts just they just hit different to me oh yeah yeah there's all those ones like oh when he remembers his dead brother i bet it's really sad and i'm like i mean maybe but also, like, <laughs> he tried to kill Ron. 
when he was like 10. That's crazy. It, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to be that sentimental about characters that are written this way. And I don't even yeah. mean in, in, like the, 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 like you said, the like madcap tone. It's, it's hard to be like, oh, this is such a tragedy. Cause it's just, they, they, they don't exist on a plane where, where I can feel very strongly about that. Remember when they pushed Ginny down the stairs? Oh yeah. <laughs> They're, they're just so funny. They're just they're just full of they're just full of jokes and hijinks. These guys. They sure are. So I mean, was... they, I mean, <laughs> we get the story about them them trying to kill Ron, and yeah. Ron throws a knife at them. Oh yeah, in yeah, this he's... chapter. Yeah, in the middle. I will say, in the middle of some like some stuff, I did appreciate. I I liked. Like, the framing of this scene, right, of, like, Fred and George, who are now adults, coming home for Christmas, and it's kind of, like, teasing their little brother about still having to use, like, utensils, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's cute. Like, that that paints a picture of, like, how how things work in the Wizarding World, and, like, why, why you know, there are still knives and, and stuff when, when there's magic, because, you know, uh, underage wizards and, like, squibs, etc. have still got to use those things. Like, that's right. that's interesting. Um, but it you kind of have to dig far to, like, get that stuff out of it, because what is actually happening on the surface is so crazy. Like, they, they come home, tease their little brother who they tried to kill not that long ago, I guess, as a funny prank, and then his reaction is to try to kill them with a knife. Like, oh. we're, we're, God, we're real heavy on the domestic violence uh, in stories this week. Uh, this is, this is a, a real rough one. I, 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 I know I joked about it, and I'm so glad that a couple weeks ago I brought up Criminal Minds, but all I think thought about this entire chapter was like the only episode of Criminal Minds I ever saw which I think was like there are two little. I'm sorry, I'm gonna. I'm going. I will be summarizing an episode of Criminal Minds right now, and it was about like these two little kids, like two brothers, and one of them killed the other one by like putting like a toy helicopter down his throat, and the entire time, like the dad covered up for him because it was all he had, and Rob Lowe was like shaking his head, and I'm just like, why? Why is the Weasley House that episode of Criminal Minds for me? <laughs> It also it also drops the like the the note that um Arthur like spanked Fred, right? Like like we we know that we know that uh, that, that that that's a thing in the Weasley household now too. It's just some just some good good folks is the thing. Some it's real and you know when functional. I when I read this scene, I'm like, I wish I could go to Christmas at the Weasleys. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that's the other thing. Speaking of the subreddit, like you, yeah. you mentioned the Fred and George post, but I think I think there is actually a post like right now on the front page of the subreddit that's like, God, I wish I could go to Christmas at the Burrow. See, all these all these posts are hitting different these days for us. <laughs> Uh, as always, this really boils down to nobody read book six and seven. Mm-mm. No one. We we are the only people who have ever read these books. <laughs> well, okay. So there's so there's that first part. Um, there's there, oh there's also the fact that like like Fred and George are like I I get the like teasing your little like your little brother about dating thing right, but yeah. the. 
the uh, to, to add to the pile of insane shit that we have gotten from Fred and George, this book, mm-hmm. um, them them walking in and saying like, "Oh, how brain damaged is your girlfriend for liking you?" Uh, is certainly a strong. <laughs> that, that's it's that joke. It's just jokes. That's a strong opener. And then also for them to finish that off with them, like, implying they're using magic to, like, woo the local village girls, too. I think that was, I think actually, like, other than the Unbreakable Vow, that was the biggest, like, why is this not a clue that they're evil? Yeah. Especially because I I have it so in my head that, like, Fred will have been a Death Eater or something. Mm-hmm. That, that, that that speaks to, like, a level of of disrespect toward muggles that like fits with Voldemort to me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even just that line. It's that whole scene. He says, uh, uh, it's very character building stuff. Learning to peel sprouts without magic makes you appreciate how difficult it is for muggles and squibs. And he's being sarcastic there. Right. Clearly. Yeah. Uh, and if you want people to help you, Ron added George throwing a paper airplane at him, I wouldn't chuck knives at them. Just a little hint. We're off to the village. There's a very pretty girl working in the paper shop who thinks my card tricks are something marvelous, almost like real magic. It's like, so sinister. Evil. Like I actually le- legitimately love that. Because it's yeah. so scary. <laughs> that's all. Okay. The, if, if that's the thing, it's zomb- We need zombie Dumbledore, and we need evil Fred and George. Yeah, it, God. If if this, yeah, if this was intentional, if this was supposed to be like a clue that, like, hey, Fred and George, they're funny, but they're like, they're not really on the up and up, right? Like, like you know, that would be that that would be such a great line right but it's but instead i guess we're just supposed to think oh haha those boys it's it's really strange it's just real i that's not what i was expecting from this chapter was to like have my final like the 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 clock has truly struck midnight for me with fred and george like i'm done like they're evil (laughs) there's no redeeming them They are they're death eaters to me at this point. The, 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 the story that one of them sides with Voldemort and the other one is like, hey, man, you're taking this too far. It's so like there. Yeah, yeah. Right? it's there. The, the pieces are all there. Uh, and, you know, do you it's think, a, do you, I, I am almost ready to think that she like chickened out or something. I, mm-hmm. It like is this, so it is like it, the writing is on the wall. Like I can't read it in any other way. So I, I just wonder. It's so wild because it's like if if not if that was not the plan, why go to such lengths to uh you know paint them this way because like it's not just this right like like let's run down what we got from what we've gotten from this book alone Mm -hmm. right it's like harry kind of regrets giving them the money right uh uh and granted this is book five but like they were testing products on unsuspecting younger kids Mm -hmm. at first uh they and we even got like admonishments from Hermione, who who is mostly right about that stuff. Yeah, uh, we got their like shitty section of products for girls mm-hmm. that includes love potions and stuff, right? Yeah, we have their secret back room where they sell body armor, and that they <laughs> that they are fulfilling <laughs> a ministry contract 
uh, 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 to to provide body armor to them. That I would like to remind everyone, if we don't remember, is cast like in contrast to scammers and snake oil salesmen that mm-hmm. are like taking advantage of people's fear. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like like the uh, it, during the walk up to Wizard Wheezes or whatever it's called, they like know like oh there's all these shitty scam artists who are who are taking advantage of people. But but Fred and George again, it feels so you're right. It feels so purposeful. Like that was an intentional parallel right my my youtube theory channel is looking better and better it's looking real good we're gonna get zombie dumbledore <laughs> we're gonna get evil fred and george but yeah no like they are and they have like this total disregard for muggle muggles like it is it it it's a very interesting characterization that seems to have happened completely by accident i guess at this point if it if it wasn't the plan you know yeah God, it would be so cool if this was on purpose. That's so many things in Harry Potter would be really <laughs> cool if there had been like one more draft, maybe. Right. You just read your like whole summary. I've already forgotten what happens now. Oh, re- talking about talking about Hermione and McLoggin, also very uncomfortable. Harry's very whole cursed, very cursed stuff. This is skipping ahead a little bit, maybe, but like I just kind of want to talk about like Harry's attitude with Hermione in general in this chapter. Yeah, and it really reminded me of like the worst part of the beginning of four or five. I don't remember which one it was at this point. Where like he spent like half a chapter saying like, "Should I tell Hermione?" Like, no, she probably just look up something in a fucking book or whatever. (laughs) And like the. This kind of has the same vibe of that as that, where it's like it's weird how he keeps thinking about like, oh, I mean, I miss Hermione. I didn't get to say goodbye to Hermione, but like, what he wants to tell her is, I told you so. Like, I can't wait to see my friend Hermione again, so like, I rub it in her fucking face. It, yeah, it really is, especially because it's it, it like the reason that he wasn't able to talk to her and tell her that, like, he told her so with his like epic story is because she is like going through like a horrible, horrible time in her life. Right? Yeah. Like, like it's, it's, she's like, so ah, she's so miserable and she ran away in, in just heartbreak and misery. So I couldn't tell her that I fucking <laughs> told her so. I told her already. It's especially uncomfortable because Harry, Harry is, a, I mean, Harry is just dumb, right? Like that, that's fair. Yeah. That, 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 that is him. Uh, in a lot of social situations but his like main takeaway from like mcclogan being really pushy at the party being, being like irate that she yeah left the date early yeah irate yeah like like his reaction to that just being like like oh that's an it's annoying that that happened so i couldn't tell hermione i told you so what a what a thoughtless friend he is just... I have I have a vision mm. of this whole scene, and it's and I'm sorry to Dan Radcliffe, it is not his fault. But all I picture is Harry, like obviously as Dan Radcliffe wearing that blazer during the book five uh, <laughs> scenes from the movie where he's like teaching and he's wearing that like oversized Lupin blazer, and I don't know how that like it's it's so absurd, and I just picture him 
peeling sprouts in front of the, the sink, like thinking all this stuff to himself as Ron is like throwing knives, trying to murder his brother. And, and, and Dan Radcliffe is just like shaking his head with a little smile on his face. Like, ah, oh, these guys. Like, that's all I can picture this entire time. <laughs> it is. This is so close to being like the perfect depressing portrait of like a bunch of shitty boys right like it's so dead on but like not in service of anything you know like this this is just how this book is uh, right. this is how the story goes We're, we are never going to get hermione blowing up on on harry for like being so thoughtless to her right uh we're, we're never gonna get her uh elaborating on what mcloggan's behavior uh how that makes her feel right right like that's never gonna happen <laughs> we're just we're we just get harry going like damn it's annoying that her <laughs> that i didn't get to, to tell her uh that i was right and she was wrong after after this horrible party experience she had yeah I'm very confused that the mystery is now centering on whether Snape is a good or bad guy. I forgot that that's like the entire crux of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is, a, it's so, it's so boring. Like I can't, I, like Snape's not that good an actor. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's especially, I, this is also skipping ahead a little bit, but I think it's relevant to like this part of the discussion. The real like just shitty, like turd cherry on top of this whole thing is ron's christmas present to harry being uh a like uh, a pickup artist book i completely forgot about that right there's so many little details in this chapter that you know they don't mean anything because nothing's happening none of this stuff's ever going to come up again but like we get we get fred and george being very sinister talking about using magic uh to impress a muggle girl harry just blowing past hermione's emotions and then uh ron giving harry a a, a a pua manual yeah just what horrible little freaks these guys are <laughs> <laughs> i hate them i hate all of them they're they're the worst <laughs> it's so sad that this just isn't rolling around in the in the dirt too because i am right. all i'm all for that too i love i love reading about horrible people right if it was on purpose that's it got that is Consist. I think that is just going to be, you know, granted, we've still got like half the book to go, but I feel like that's going to be my main takeaway from this thing is that this could have been the best Harry Potter book if it if it had allowed itself to be about the things that like happen in it. You know, that's a really mm. weird way to phrase it. Right. But You're like, right, though. But, but but right. Like like every nasty little detail in this could be so pointed if this if this book was supposed to be like a scathing portrayal of like how you know wizard society is is so you know they have they have they have literal magic they can do whatever they want but they are still for whatever you know for whatever reasons that a, a story could go into still just steeped in just the most horrible aspects of british culture right that's and dumbledore's a zombie like and that sounds dumbledore's so a zombie. good yeah it could be really fucking great if that was on purpose <laughs> the, the and, and the thing that just makes it that really gets under my skin every time i read this stuff is that like 
not only is it nasty, which isn't inherently bad, it's the fact that that's not inherently bad that makes it so frustrating. It's like, this is so close to being good nasty, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is so this is so close to being fascinatingly ugly. Yeah. Um, but instead, it's just like, it's so uninterested in that aspect of itself, which is this huge no, and No, and it really, like, I, I think that there is a a unique and something that I really enjoy, which is where when you have a bunch of nasty characters with, with shitty motivations and like you, you still root for them. Right. I mean, that's like, we, that's, that's, that's old. That's old. That's not, I mean, like everyone, like we can get on board with that, but like we are, the book wants us to root for Harry, but because (laughs) we think he's good and right all the (laughs) time. Right. And like the, it, which is which is strange because we it wants us to root for Harry because he's good and right, but he's written as ha- like his he doesn't have strong motivation, so it just doesn't work. <laughs> right, you like, get like, the worst of both worlds somehow. Yeah, like like because you know one of my favorite genres, um, not even just like on its own, but like it, it, something that I love seeing sprinkled into other stuff. Right, mm-hmm. uh, is crime fiction. Yeah, and. It's not because I think doing organized crime is good, <laughs> right? But it's because, like, it is... If you can tell such a fascinating story about, like, a society that has, like, failed, right? Mm-hmm. To provide for people. Right. Um, uh, that, ha- that has, like, inspired a, a whole culture of, like, crime and, like, cruelty and... Mis- like, that stuff fascinates me. It's, like... Get, when you when stuff falls through the cracks and what develops in those cracks, super fascinating to me. That's like endless storytelling potential to me, mm-hmm. and can really be about something, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, like 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 you know, what motivates people in those situations? What the, you know, how deep rooted these like, uh, uh, like upstart cultures are. Fucking incredible. I love that stuff. This feels like a crime novel that is written by someone who just thinks that that stuff is normal <laughs> right like, <laughs> like, like right like harry like harry like the weasley family is like a fucking crime family here like the amount of cruelty being inflicted between people in the weasley family is more or less the same as like what happens in a crime story right um but it's not about anything that's just normal because it's the wizarding world and this is just how things are and it doesn't say anything about anything it's just Oh, it's so frustrating. I have this just incredible, like, cognitive dissonance when Harry's talking to Arthur. And Arthur's like, yeah, the ministry is really bad, and we're, like, resting and persecuting innocent people. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, that's that's that. And, like, there, the, the story doesn't, like, take it to any conclusion or or prompt you to like think about any of that because there's a, I mean there's a lot of stuff you could say Harry could be like okay why do you work there um, <laughs> why, and, and Arthur could be like well I have to have a paycheck and then it's like aren't you a wizard and I'm just like I just <laughs> it's really, like really baffling <laughs> that conversation yeah let's get to that conversation because again like like everything in here it's so close to being fascinating like Harry just chatting with his pal Arthur Weasley, who mm-hmm. 
like before this, you know, we we joked before about how funny it is that like no one suspects the Malfoys. Mm-hmm. But on the other, like on the flip side to that, it's very funny that like Harry just like told his friend, excuse me, told his friend in the government, "Hey, um, I suspect someone of a crime. Can you fucking raid their house for me?" Right? Mm. <laughs> like Harry wields a lot more power than he clearly is aware of here right um, and he like he knows that stan is innocent or whatever i guess just because just he seemed like a nice guy yeah his, so... pr- his protagonistly intuition i suppose <sighs> it but makes no in, sense just 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 mr weezing going like oh yeah we uh we you know we uh 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 uh, we're we're arresting some people. We're holding some people who don't deserve it. It is what it is. Which like I you know could be such a characterful thing for like this beaten down you know desk jockey guy to do right. Just like ugh, like like this is wrong, but it's you know I need a paycheck or whatever. But that never comes up. Harry just wants him to spill the beans on Snape or whatever. Why does and I mean this from the perspective of the story. Mm-hmm. Why does Harry want to become a cop for the ministry when every other part of his character is both seeing that Arthur is not able to affect any change from within the system and Harry being apart from the system as well? Why why is he still like I'm going to be a cop? <sighs> I mean, I know the answer. Yeah. No, I, I, I but... you're totally right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so, and, and the thing is, I, and the, the, I won't get into this just yet. Um, so I'll, I'll save it for the, when we get to it in the, in the, in the chapter, but it was so, cl- I was, I, I was having those thoughts reading this and I was so close to being like, oh, this must be what ties this chapter together. Right. Is Harry realizing, damn. Maybe I don't want to get my hands dirty at the ministry, right? Mm-hmm. And then just having that conversation with the Minister of Magic and saying that to his face, but then the Minister of Magic still dangling being in horror in front of him and him going, like, oh, damn. Like, ooh, damn. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. What is he? What is Harry? What? Why does Harry value that at all anymore? I I don't get it. I don't get it. Speaking of abject cruelty, just flipping through here, uh, there's a garden gnome uh, that Fred put on the Christmas tree. Right. Just, just another point in in Fred in Fred's dark triad here. Yeah. Uh, torturing small animals for fun. Right. Why do wizards have the radio? We can finally talk about the radio. Yes! I've been really looking forward yeah. to this because I know that Fred and George are going to become podcasters. They in are. Book that's seven, true. But this is our first introduction to the wizarding wireless. Hmm. Why is it called a wireless? Do wizards know what wires are? I mean, Arthur doesn't know what plugs are, and that's his <laughs> job. <laughs> so how? why is it called the wizarding wire? Like, everything is wireless. They're wizards. I think the answer is purely... And this this is maybe a little revealing, I guess, is that it's sort of like an idealized, like, old England thing. I think that's the answer. I think I think you hit it in one. Yeah, it's like no stupid TV. Huh? Yeah, it's just it's just just sort of like, oh, this is this is this is when things were good. We all it was all wholesome and we gathered around the radio to listen to someone sing about 
uh, uh, cauldrons and shit. I feel like that's a little bit ideologically revealing, huh? Perhaps. <laughs> May- mayhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very, again, add that, uh, t- toss that on the now mountainous pile we have of images that could be fascinating if, like, on purpose, right? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, because if that's... If that's the world that the, the the wizards are stuck in and mired in and and nasty and horrible, like yeah. that's an idea, right? Yeah. If if the, if the if the ideal world that the wizards want is like the nineteen twenties, right? Uh, then that's interesting. That's hmm. a, that's an idea, but that's that's not that's not what the wizards want that's what jk rowling wants that's what jk rowling oh, thinks is oh a, interesting is a, ah, mm. oh, isn't it interesting that they go back to the 20s for the fantastic beasts films mm. when really it shouldn't make much of a difference since that's what the wizarding world is in the current day in these books i'm mm. have this is all very interesting stuff yeah it is yeah <laughs> i yeah it is it's revealing but not in a fun way. It's 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 revealing of the author's predilections more than it is about the world that it's set in, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Wizarding Wireless is something that I feel is in here with with no thought. Zero. It's it's just a cool image, right? Like like I like the radio, right? Like it's a wholesome old. I mean, it image. build and it builds an atmosphere. I mean, the the scene is entirely built to be. I, I mean, it's it is striking she can do that like the 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 slow radio song like i can picture it it's it's a it's a trailer for fallout but i can definitely (laughs) picture it um uh and it's kind of like dreamlike and harry kind of drifts between these different conversations as everyone is like sleepy and everyone's like a little bit on edge and, and it's there and and she wanted to build that cool image and wanted to build that cool image way more than she wanted to think about why wizards would have a radio. It's, I, will you forgive me for kind of going off on one here? Please do. This, this is, I know that this is a, 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 a a very tired, um, connection to make for a critic, but I can't read this scene and not think about Twin Peaks. Mm. Um, and it's specifically because so much of Twin Peaks is sort of doing the thing that we are wanting out of this story, I think. Yeah. The, and, and like the, you know, obviously different time period being, um, explored, right? But the, the like idealized Americana in Twin Peaks Mm-hmm. giving way to like the the true nasty horror beneath in the town right mm-hmm. that that is like what this image of like them listening to christmas songs while lupin is like talking about how there's a werewolf that wants to start like a race war Mm-hmm. There, there's Arthur saying that, like, oh, I can't, you know, I, I, I can't do anything at my job at the ministry. I just, I just have no power. Like, like these images are coalescing at the same point that like a good Twin Peaks scene is, right? Like, you know, when and then there's there's upbeat rockabilly music playing while a character, you know, 
beats their wife or whatever. Like it's the same it's the same image, but it is not on purpose. Right. Oh my god, and you're so right because that is exactly my weird like dreamlike image of Dan Radcliffe stuck in that stupid blazer and being forced to right. just like smile along. Right. Like 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 this horrible argument unfolding between Fred and George, but like funny music's playing. Right? Like mm-hmm. that is such a like a that's a lynchian image for sure yeah and like fleur and bill are like kissing in the corner and fleur's just like complaining about the music while we have this like horrible info dump at the same time right yeah like so you know someone's telling coop about this horrible murder they witnessed and there's like some somebody goofy joking like you know interjecting with their observations right like it it has all of those disparate pieces Mm -hmm. but they're not they're it's like the it's like the all the cake ingredients that are in a Twin Peaks are here, but they're not being put together. <laughs> I'm just like I just have to like eat, I'm just like Ugh, I'm eating a thing of flour and like Ugh, I'm drinking the the cream, but I'm like I'm not. These things aren't coming together to to form one story. It's just all the same ingredients are here. That's very bizarre. But but am I wrong? Like like that is the vibe I get here, but it's like not on purpose. Yeah, it's it's really weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh the, yeah, we get the song fic, we get these goofy lyrics, you know, interjecting in these in these conversations that Harry's having with people. I've been dancing around it a bit. Can we talk about Lupin's whole deal here? I don't like I want to talk about it and I also don't cuz it's just like it's just <laughs> just sucks it makes no sense <laughs> it's so stupid it's again it's so close to being like a good rolling around in the dirt story mm-hmm. but it's but like the details are so stupid and ludicrous that it like it robs itself of even that like this idea that lupin okay is going undercover with with the with the werewolves i like that idea sort of except then you think about like how does that work exactly like wouldn't they all automatically be like hey weren't you like a hogwarts professor don't you work for dumbledore get go away get out of here like i mean this would only work if the story was not a children's book and it could be way way nastier right is he is he is is lupin is lupin biting people is he undercover? How deep undercover is he? Like, what's he doing? <laughs> is he just like rolling with the with the with the grayback werewolf pack? And then they're like, hey, hey, uh, well, why don't we why don't we fucking go in there and bite all those kids in the orphanage? And he's like, oh, actually, I've got to go. I've got a thing tomorrow. Like, what's he doing? <laughs> I wish we had a detail about where they live. Like, are they just like in the woods, like living in caves? Like, are they living in Sirius's dog cave? <laughs> Or are they just in houses? Like, and they're like, okay, let's round up the round up the werewolf boys. We're gonna go biting kids tonight. I, <laughs> I like can't get a good picture of what's actually happening here. Right. Especially because of the detail where it says, okay, so Fenrir's plan is he wants to he is intentionally biting people to right. create more werewolves. Yep. But it still seems like when he goes werewolf mode, uh he has no like like sapience he's he's just a dog man at that point I th- well okay this is we might have to consult the wiki because i th- thought that he like 
manages to be kind of werewolf all the time. Like he's going around in human form, like biting people. Oh, but but okay, that's a way more interesting detail if that's the actual lore eventually. But what it says here. Uh, Greyback is not like that. At the full moon, he positions himself close to victims, ensuring that he is near enough to strike. He plans it all. So that implies that, like, it's still sort of a crapshoot. Like, like, does he just, like, he's, he's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yelp what the nearest orphanage is, and I'm gonna hang around outside <laughs> and hope that a kid walks. Like, like, is that how that works? Like, because it doesn't sound like he's, like, when he's a werewolf, when he's in wolf mode, it doesn't sound like he's, like, intentionally chasing anyone. He's just, like, he's just, like, going, like, oh, when I, I'm going to position myself near where I might do the most damage. Right, he has to, he he picks a spot and positions himself in a five-mile radius for, <laughs> for the full right, moon. Exactly. like, <laughs> I'm going to hang out by this school and, and hope that there's a kid walking around when I go werewolf mode. Right. <laughs> Which is, again, it robs it of, like, any uh, uh, true horror here because the logistics are so fucking funny. Like, like it, it's this is this is very creepy almost. But it but it's uh, instead I'm, I'm left thinking about more like, wait, hang on a second. What is he? What's his plan? What's he doing? And then and then there's like the more more uncomfortable part of this is that, like we can't really walk walk this back from like werewolf as like aids metaphor like yeah she's already that was the whole thing in book 3 so i know this is this is a very serious discourse that we need to get into but i am going to interrupt you cuz i'm looking through his magical skills and abilities mm. cuz i was cuz i don't know where i got this idea yeah, that yeah, he yeah. like goes around and bites people while human and indeed i and i don't know if it makes i don't think it can make them werewolves if he's not in wolf form, but it does mm -hmm. say on the wiki, physical combat. In order to fulfill his goal of spreading lycanthropy, Greybeck has been known to fight with his hands and teeth, even in his human state. He is known to be very agile, having been described running on all fours as a gray blur. <laughs> you saw so, the hedgehog! <laughs> so he runs around in human, human form on all fours. And that's very funny. But I have to read another bullet point on his magical abilities and skills. Please do. Improvisation skills. Ooh. Greyback was skilled in improvisational acting as he was able to mimic astonishment and shock when he was told about the murder of the muggle children with such a level of success that he managed to fool almost an entire courtroom of experienced magical law enforcement officers that he was a, a muggle during a hearing at the Ministry of Magic. Oh my god. Greyback was skilled in improvisational <laughs> acting. Oh my god! Oh he, oh he, he, Greyback, Greyback was the master of yes and. He, <laughs> he, he could riff with anyone. Is that what the is that what Lupin has to do? Like, do they? It's like, uh, yeah. On Tuesday we're gonna go. Um, it's the full moon, so we're gonna go to sleep right at, next to a Muggle orphanage. Uh, but then we have some time before the full moon, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take improv class with Greyback Guys, on Wednesdays. I found, I found an open mic right next to an orphanage. <laughs> we can all we can all do a tight five, and then we can turn into wolves and turn a bunch of kids. I love fan wiki so much. 
<laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, uh, don't don't let Lupin do improv with us again. He, he his only move is, and I have a gun. That's the only thing he'll do. <laughs> He's so bad at improv, not like Fenrir. Lupin just tries to convince the other werewolves to join Dumbledore during improv class. He's like, oh, I'm just improvising, guys. It's fine. Oh, my God. Fuck. That's that's that is powerful. But yeah, we, we got we've got to talk about this this in in turn in the terms that JK herself, you know, laid out in book three, like what what lycanthropy is like supposed to be a metaphor for, and like already a clumsy metaphor, right? Um, but this really just like makes it even murkier. This idea that there's like, oh, there's a real there's a real evil werewolf who is going around intentionally giving everyone AIDS. Uh, right. Pretty bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, don't do that shit. Uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't write that. This is, uh, you know, you know, we we're, we're talking about how much we like to roll around in the dirt and we love nasty stuff. But like, if your if your plot is, what if the AIDS panic was real? Uh, you know, what if, what if there were people going around intentionally uh, giving everyone AIDS, like Nancy Reagan was convinced of in the eighties? Don't do that. Don't yeah, do that's, that. That's no good. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give that one a hard no. Uh, personally, fuck. You've just sent me a picture of Fenrir Gray back in the well, movies. Well, no, you have to you have to click on it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Attack. I don't. Dot png. What do we got? So I'll describe it. Oh, it's, it is a, oh. a screenshot. <laughs> so it's a screenshot from Hogwarts Mystery, the hit mobile game. Um, and apparently in the story, Fenrir Greyback attacks Hogwarts and causes a panic. And the picture is of Fenrir Greyback in human form, flanked by two werewolves in werewolf form. And I want to know how that works. <laughs> Not only is he flanked by two, you you are you are overlooking describing the funniest part of this image, which is the uh, presumably dead Hogwarts student just chilling. There's the a dead there's a dead Hogwarts student chilling on the ground. Um, Fenrir Greyback is wearing like a long like a trench coat and a huge belt buckle, but has bare feet. <laughs> no shoes. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looks like my Disco Elysium character, honestly. Oh my god holy shit that might be it might be time for a new twitter banner i think it's a good it's a good one that is a good picture jesus christ oh so yeah so i'm gonna give the fenrir gray backstory a a, a hard no personally yeah uh, yeah it's real bad it's pretty bad and it, it's frustrating because it is so close to it. again like everything in this chapter it's so close to being interesting because the the First half of this, before it gets into the insane Fenrir, Fenrir is a, is intentionally going around and giving everyone werewolf aids. Uh, the part where it talks about how, like, um, you know, this marginalized class of wizards is being courted by the fascist dictator is super interesting. Like, that's a real thing, right? Like, like that, you can see that happening right now in real life right like mm. that yep. is that is a that is a that's really fertile ground for interesting storytelling it's like this idea that like like you know it's it's really easy to uh to you know uh, uh convince marginalized people that another marginalized person is your enemy 
uh, fascinating idea. Not what J.K. Rowling was going for here. She thinks the AIDS panic in the 80s was was uh, was justified. Yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, just like the radio thing, a lot of... Interesting. A lot of um, ass being shown here. Whole, whole ass being revealed, I guess. It's weird to me that we got such a clear picture um, from Hagrid's story, last book. Yeah. And I have no, like, other than it being this, like, really bad metaphor, I have no sense of what is actually happening with Lupin and the werewolves. Yeah. No, it, I... <laughs> fuck i forgot that she already did this with the giants right fuck and fuck. it's lupin's version of that mission but it makes no sense it makes no sense and like we mentioned this earlier about how bored jk rowling feels with writing this story already uh-huh. but like book five it, she was so clearly enamored with like the aesthetics of like espionage novels yeah which didn't um pan out all the way you know <laughs> yeah but i think uh-huh. like made for some interesting moments right sure um like i think that chapter that chapter where hagrid was telling his story i know that's a like a weirdly unpopular chapter with people but for the most part i thought that was fascinating right uh-huh. like like that yeah. was great um here it feels like again just like how you mentioned last week that you feel like she regretted making dumbledore gay it feels like she really regrets making harry potter an espionage story because, like, espionage is still happening, but right. it's just characters relaying to us, like, secondhand, like, oh, yeah, I'm doing spy shit uh, on the weekend. I'm doing espionage. I'm doing espionage right now. Oh, It's but not s- going great, but I'm doing it. <laughs> right, like, I'm doing espionage. I bet Snape is, too. He's not very good at it. Um... Uh, or is he wink wink right like like that no actual espionage is happening they're just like saying oh yes i'm doing i'm doing the spy stuff Uh, harry's line early in the chapter where he says no one's that good an actor not even snape is is making me lose my mind yeah what is is he talking about What? what happens in that conversation where snape is like tell me what you're up to and draco's like no that's it like what (laughs) yeah um well here's the thing harry should trust lupin because he's been doing improv classes with fenrir so if lupin if lupin believes that snape is a good actor maybe he should listen to him that's true (laughs) can you can you please take lupin at his word lupin knows a good actor when he sees one in snape great actor i also love the unforced error in this chapter of harry pressing lupin on like why doesn't he hate snape like this this weird thing where where uh where harry like presses him further and he's like yeah but he told he leaked that you were a werewolf and lupin's like well uh well you know it could have been worse like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck does that mean well they were gonna find out anyway (laughs) like like completely unforced error harry should not have even you know, just Harry should have just been shut up about this earlier, right? And like, not you know, or or Lupin just just be like, look, it's more, it's adult stuff, it's more complicated. I don't want to get into this with you. But instead of instead of him uh, uh, doing that, he just like decides to kind of dig this narrative hole a little deeper, going like, well, it could be worse, you know. It sucks, so, especially because the the metaphor is so blatant. Yeah, that it's 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 basically like, oh, but Snape outed you to the whole school and then Lupin be like, yeah, but I was going to come out anyway. (laughs) 
Yeah, it, it's yeah that hmm. <laughs> it's a little not great. Don't even, just don't even bring it up, Harry. Like, why is it in? Why is it in there to remind us that that sucks? Yeah. Um, okay, we've got because this is a super meandering chapter, right? There are two things I would like to stroll through before sure. we close this out. Number one, I want to talk about uh, the book is my dad part two. Yeah. And then I want to close out talking about uh, Harry's conversation in the garden. Yes. There's lots um, more going on here, but I think those are like the two more imp- most important things that we need to cover. Absolutely. Um, sadly, the book is not Harry's dad. The book is not Harry's dad. This is a true. This is a. This is a big setback for Harry. Huge problem. Huge win in the in the battle of ideas for Harry here. I don't know how to approach this because it makes no sense. The book thing has not made any sense from the very no. from the very start. Absolutely I know not. we've complained about every like discrete element here several times already. <laughs> yeah. I it is I don't I don't understand. Why doesn't Harry show Lupin the book? Why does Lupin imply that that Hogwarts students only use textbooks that were published that year. Why is Harry's response to that not, well, I'm using this textbook and it's from not the year it is. Right. It it is again, a series of unforced errors on JK's uh-huh. part here. None of right. this had to come up. None, none of this, like th- this, this is almost, this almost feels like, there was another chapter that felt this way, and I can't remember what it is. I wonder if you remember which part of the story we discussed this idea that, like, there was a chapter that felt like um, I, I, like a direct response to a list of grievances with the last book. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where that came up. But this feels similar, except that it is J.K. Rowling, like, you know, when you're writing a novel or, or anything... You know, you you're writing your note cards and like you're you're taking notes on your own, like like your feedback for yourself. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like, how do I untangle this story? Not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, George R. R. Martin has been working on one for 10 years at this point. But like, right, like, right. Like, like this idea, you, you're aware of like the flaws in your story and like how to paper them over, what to cut, you know, what what to just leave because it doesn't matter that much. Like that, that, that that's a conversation all creative people have with themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, this feels like such a like walkthrough of her own issues with this story device that she's chosen. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. It's like, it, like number one, the, the Lupin's first deflection, which is that oh, you know how these spells come in and out of fashion. No, I don't. No, we don't. What are you talking about? That's never happened in this story. No, there are like ten spells. Yeah, right. And and it's frustrating because that like that hints at a story that could be really interesting. Like, God, what if there were spells that were like you know that did similar things but like had different cultural connotations? Like, what if what if Alohomora was like the fancy lad way of opening a lock? And like, or you know, like there's so many ways you, variables here for like interesting storytelling here. But yeah, and I, and I don't think it's like a crime to even introduce that concept in this book, but you have to do it before you introduce <laughs> that as evidence that right. about your mystery. Yes. Yeah. Like, like if 
you know, we, we've joked about how, like, zombies just came up in this book, right? Mm-hmm. But all would have been forgiven, I think, if Zombie Dumbledore was the plot point, right? That right. would have been badass. Yeah. Um, that would have made sense. But here it's just, like, this idea is being introduced as if it is, like, irrefutable evidence that, like, oh, no, like, you know, you know that spells come in and out of fashion. I'm like, no, what? No, I don't. Like, even if Harry had said, like, oh, no, I don't. What are you talking about? And, right. Lupin, and Lupin had, like, said this whole time anecdote about, like, oh, well, you know, I remember when I was in school, we all used Stupefy, but uh, Expelliarmus is more popular now. Like, there's so many w- easy ways to paper this over, but that doesn't happen. It's just left as is. Uh, can, can you imagine if, if Harry had, like, come to school and, like, he doesn't have that context because he grew up with muggles. Like, he used a spell that he'd used the year before, and Ron was like, Harry... That is so cringe now. Don't do that. <laughs> Harry, you're casting cringe. <laughs> <laughs> we use stupefy now. Knock right. it off. Yeah, that, that would be great. There, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a real interesting layer to add to the story that's not being added here. Um, then there is the truly insane part of this, which is the uh, take a look at the the date the book was published. Mm. Which... Harry's response should be, Lupin, the book was published in 1920, and we are currently in 1999, and it is my school book, so... It's my book. I'm using it right now. What the fuck are you talking... Lupin, time moves forward. I know that, right. you, I know that you're afraid of an orb, uh, <laughs> but, but, but let, look at me. Please tell me you understand that time moves forward and only forward. <laughs> um, here's an idea. Harry tells Lupin the title of the book and says, hey, do you know this book? And Lupin would say, oh, yeah, we use that in sixth year potions. Yeah. In, in 1979. <laughs> it's it's the fact again that could be like if if this was Lupin either being cagey or unreasonable it would work fine. Like, he was, he was just pulling this out of his ass. Like, oh, that's way before my time, the 50s. I was in school in the 70s, right? Like, if he was just, like, covering his own ass here, or just being, like, a flippant adult who's like, like, I don't want to deal with your mystery right now, like, that would work. But Harry just buys it hook, line, and sinker. Like, he goes upstairs and he's, like, fucking crushed when he opens the book and sees that it was published in 1945 or whatever. And he's like, fuck, this book can't be my dad. My dad's from the 70s. This is at least my great great grandpa. <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't cross his mind once that this is complete bullshit. I'm like, wait a minute. Well, I'm using this book. What are you talking about, Lupin? <laughs> this book could still be my dad. <laughs> yeah. It's so absurd. It's ridiculous. And also, like, wasn't, haven't we also, why, I wish Hermione was here. One, you know, like, like, not only because the, the everyone, every, every boy, in the, and like, granted, I guess Hermione's the Joker, so she's not much better. But, like, every, every, every boy here is, is a nasty little rat. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hate them. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, she would be so quick to pipe up with, like, Hogwarts History is published in, like, 1880 or whatever. Because she said that a million times in book one. Right. And we still use that book. 
so what the fuck, Lupin? What does that mean? Like, what are you talking about? Um, but instead, Harry, tell him the name of the book. Harry, Harry, please tell him the name of the book. Tell him you are using this textbook right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, complete nonsense. Um, so the book, you know, the, the book is still maybe his dad. You know, the mystery continues. But then, Mister Scrim, Scrim, Scrimgore, Scrimgower arrives uh, this is this is so weird to me because this is one of my the scenes that i remember the most and i can't figure out why because it's completely meaningless i mean like many scenes in this chapter it's close to being excellent uh it, it, it it's it, this one flies real high before crashing down for me i think mm. um Ike, please, what is, how do you pronounce his name? I don't know. Scrim. I'm going to start calling we'll call him, him Rufus. I'm gonna, <laughs> we're calling him Rufus. There we go. Okay. I was just about to be like, I'm, I'm going to start. You know how, like, in, in England, like, the name St. John is, like, like pronounced, like, Sinjin? Like, it's just like yeah. a, like, I'm going to start calling him, like, Scrim, Scrimgim or something. Yeah. It's like St. Yeah. John. Um, so, so Scrimgim comes and he's clearly got an ulterior motive he wants to talk to harry that that that's all really good um what i immediately was confused by was how it's so weird that this guy is supposed to be the like hard man firm leader that that fudge was not right like he he's the guy who gets shit done and says what he means and that's kind of how he was with the prime minister in the first scene right mm-hmm. but he's a little he's a little worm here he's he's exactly yeah. like fudge he's like talking around what he really means he's like couching everything in this like fake politeness he's really not and like it's weird that he's like visually and like uh uh like just um like his personality is described as being like a lion, right? Like, oh, he's like that. Mm-hmm. He's like the aged lion. Like, you know, he's 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 wizened, uh, but he's still strong. But like here, he's just like I I want to reach over and just kind of push him. Like he's a little he's a little worm. He sucks. Uh, I don't feel like the scene would be any different if Fudge had yeah just been the minister still yeah. and had come and done this shit with Harry. Like, this is just a fudge scene, but it's a different guy. Yeah, that's so frustrating. Because cause the whole thing I thought with Scrimgore was that he was supposed to be like, oh, he's he's the much more hardline leader, right? And mm-hmm. for him to, like, pull this, like, frankly, like, wussy move, right? To, like, uh, uh, to, like, visit the Weasley family under false pretenses to try and get Harry alone. Like, that's that's not... That, yeah, that's just weasel moves right like he's which is which is great like that's a great premise but that's fudge not 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 rufus right mm-hmm. um and then this whole conversation they have is so funny because you know rufus is talking around what he means the whole time harry discovers a spine in this which is really interesting and yeah, like why <laughs> based on what Right, it's so weird that he is based, based on Stan Shunpike being falsely arrested because Harry just has decided that he's not a Death Eater because he met him once, <laughs> and oh, Stan was nice to me, so <laughs> God, I hate that shit. It's so weird, right? Like that is the part, and and what is 
why I say that this is so close to being genius for me is that if if this if the goal of this story was to position Dumbledore as like just as bad if not worse than the ministry right mm-hmm. as someone who is I mean because like if, if you just look at all the facts on paper Dumbledore's power is insane yeah like he is the headmaster of a middle school yep uh and he he has connections with the entire government uh he can pull strings to like get people arrested or unarrested he shows up at like trial like he he has the supreme court i believe yeah he has completely unchecked power um they i mean they try to arrest him and he says like no and leaves (laughs) Yeah, he, he stages. He had he has men on the inside of the government to keep him from getting arrested and spy on shit for him, which like is almost fascinating. Like if the story was about Harry being hoodwinked by Zombie Dumbledore in his quest for for true power, if if Dumbledore's goal was to be like benevolent dictator, right? Uh, that would be fascinating. I mean, this scene works so well if the conclusion of this story was Harry going like, oh, darn it, I sided with zombie Dumbledore. Right. And that was a mistake. Right. Because, um, because Harry is so confident here. Yeah, he, he in, in in a way that touches on some of my favorite scenes in this book, like I, I, I love that creepy scene with Dumbledore in the, in the woodshed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, God, just like the Fred and George stuff, it almost feels like the refuse of a story that was like chickened out of at the last minute. Right. Because this whole thing where it's like positioning the ministry as bad. And I don't, you know, the ministry clearly is bad in a lot of ways in this, in this story. Um, But it is God, you even fuck you. I just, I just, I just had my own brain blast here on air the story of Lupin talking about the werewolves and how they're like, oh, they're, you know, the werewolves are frustrated and marginalized and they'll follow anyone who offers them anything, right? Mm-hmm. The same thing could be happening to Harry here. Like, like, and, and, and like all of Dumbledore's followers, this, this idea that like, um, well, I don't like the ministry, so I'm going to follow whoever it is who is going against the ministry here. Mm-hmm. And it's Dumbledore who, like, I mean, as far as we know, at this point, he, like, hung out with Grindelwald and stuff, right? Like, he's, he's, he's been around that shit. Um, yeah, he's, ta- he's, like, taking Harry into, like, secret meetings and, like, feeding him propaganda. Yeah. In, like, in, like, purposefully, like, here, here's a, a snippet of, of the past for you to, to absorb and, and draw a conclusion from. Mm-hmm. This idea that like, if there, if this was like if if Harry stepped back and realized that like he is being played for a fool by three different factions, if we if we have like we have the fascist Voldemort, right? Mm-hmm. We have uh, the like ineffectual neoliberal Ministry, mm-hmm. and we have Dumbledore, who is kind of like a revanchist, I think. <laughs> like Dumbledore just wants to be a king, right? Like he yeah. he wants to reinstate the monarchy. Um 
Uh, and he, you know, he wants to, he and wants to start being, he's going to live forever. Right. He's going to be the, he's going to be the zombie king who rules forever. And he thinks he's being benevolent or whatever, but obviously he's crazy. You know, Those what were... if we did an inquisition, but it was good. <laughs> right. But that's him, right? Like that. that I know. That's fuck. That, that could be, we're on the precipice of greatness in this book. I know. We're, all, we're, we're so, so close. messed up. If fuck, if this was, if that was the story, if that if that was, you know, Harry having to come to terms with the fact that because because I mean that is a thing that happens in book seven, right? Like he does have a conversation with Dumbledore where he's like, "You fucking used me," and and the upshot of it is Dumbledore's like, "Yeah, well, it was for the greater good," and like that's right. that's Dumbledore's whole thing, the greater good, uh, and you know he he truly believes that you know, he'll be he'll 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 bring the monarchy back, he'll bring the good old uh, days of. Sitting around the radio, right, and listening to the king, uh, uh, give a speech, right? Like it's just, ooh, could be so good, but instead, it's Harry, spooky, yeah. Instead, we're supposed to take this as like a really triumphant moment for Harry. He's like, yeah, he is Dumbledore's man through and through. Which really, like, what you just described is a really cool story that I want to read. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is also a worse, more boring story here that it doesn't go for either, which is Harry being tempted by the ministry or otherwise like manipulated. Yeah. And and having and and having this opportunity for there to be conflict in this scene or for him to be at odds with Dumbledore. And and I do think that that story is more boring, right? Like, oh, I, w- I, I thought I was going to do good by helping the ministry. Um, but they they suck, and I should have been loyal to Dumbledore. Right, boring snooze fest for sure. But at least that gives the scene a reason to exist. Yeah. Whereas as it is now, it's just like a chance for Harry to like be right. <laughs> right to own to own the minister whose plan again is very fudge like. Like mm-hmm. this was Fudge's whole thing in book three was like making a big show of like being in contact with Harry while they were looking for Sirius, right? Right. Like that was his whole deal. Whereas like I I feel like Mr. Mr. Scrimgeon would have a much more devious or interesting plan to make Harry walk in lockstep with the ministry, right? Yeah, like why why isn't he just like showing up and being like, "Hey, Harry, um how would you how about interning as an aura on right. the weekend?" Yeah, do you want to go on a ride along with Moody or something, right? Like Yeah. And Harry's like, "Oh hell yeah, this is going to be good for my career." And then Dumbledore has to be like, Harry, you have to think about why why is he do, why is he doing this, yeah. right? That story that story's way more boring than the one you you laid out for us, but that is like <laughs> Again, the more obvious right. conflict that is here, right? It's a story at all. This which... is not. This is Harry being like, I'm Dumbledore's man. I am really epic. Like Th- Right. This is this smash is cut. this is this is just this is just a West Wing scene. This is just a scene where a where a, where a, where a sniveling government guy is just there to say the dumbest things to tee Harry up for the own, right? Like that's all this yeah. is. I and and why isn't it just fudge? Because why introduce this new character that's going to have different like do different things but act in the exact same way Fudge does? Just keep Fudge. We know him. I don't know this guy. Right. If, if like and it's so easy to like if you want to write him as the like the new more um you know hawkish minister or whatever really easy for him to prey on harry's sensibilities right like harry's out for blood right 
Yeah. If the min- new the new minister comes and he's like, I'm going to be a straight shooter with you. I know that you want to kill Voldemort. I know you want to kill Death Eaters. Uh, and I'm right there with you. How about we have you join the horror squad for a day or whatever and see what it's really like on the out there. Like he could connect with Harry through that. It would be so easy. Yeah. Like through that more bullish personality, but like he, he's just, he's just as like conniving as, as, uh, as fudge was. So and, it's pointless. And just completely ineffectual as well. Yeah. Like just, and just being the most obvious fucker in the world. Right. Like just like, Oh, I just happened to show up. Like it's a, it is a fudge ass plan to just like come be the like bumbling, charming British guy at Harry and ask him, is it really that hard to manipulate a 16 year old when you're like the president or whatever? <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> yeah. You could like the fuck. The president could go to, like, any impressionable 16-year-old and be like, hey, do you want to, like, fire an M16? Like... Hell yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like, bucks? like, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> that was the best that Rufus could come up with? Yeah. Hey, you know that uh, you know that you can uh, you can use the Avada Kedavra curse and not get in trouble if you're an Auror. And Harry's like, fuck yeah. yeah. Finally. Finally, someone's taken out of the trash. Like you could so easily like just turn Harry into like an '80s like you gotta fight crime the hard way guy here. <laughs> hey, it'd be a story. Yeah, but no. Okay, there's so much more I could go off on in like the world building in this chapter. We have definitely got to take a break. Um, yeah, yeah. And because uh, we have some music stuff to uh, to discuss, we, we, we absolutely we have unfinished business from last week. We sure do. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I have just practiced my proper timing. Mm-hmm. It, it was very good, although I will say you said I'm going to practice my timing, so I wasn't sure if we were actually going. <laughs> so I might have okay. got might have been like a half a well, not even a half a second, like a quarter of a second late here. I'm not a band leader. <laughs> not cut. Out. I'm not cut out for that. That's all right. But it is appropriate that we uh, we be kind of polishing our our musical notation stuff here because mm. uh, we are re- revisiting last week's uh, music quiz, which I feel left us with a little bit of unfinished business. Absolutely. So we tried last week, for those who don't remember, to trick, or not trick, we tried to, we tried to earnestly guess what alternative music Dobby listened to. Right. And get, get, get a quiz to say, hey, this is Dobby's music taste. Yeah. Uh, we did not succeed. Our choices, you know, we, we, we sort of like envisioned Dobby as like, very upbeat and and kind of mischievous and not into metal or screamo or anything really because that just doesn't seem like his genre and we were wrong we got harry potter with our answers last week which is quite an interesting read on the character harry potter yeah yeah i don't know if i agree with that so the whole the whole quiz seem might might be a little untrustworthy to begin with um but we did not reveal a, what are what what we each individually got 
with our earnest answers on yep. our own. Yep. Uh, which we will do this episode. And I also was able to finally reverse engineer the quiz to get Dobby, and I can reveal what answers we could have chosen that probably would have led us that way. That's wonderful. How about how about we reveal our answers? What do you say? Okay. Would you like to go first or shall I? Hmm. You go first. So I just am ready to throw the quiz in the trash. I have I have been insulted. Mm-hmm. I've been spat upon by this <laughs> quiz. And I got Ron Weasley. Oh wow. Ooh, that's spat rude. Upon. That's rude. Cursed, insulted. That's fucked up. I know. I mean, is is it because you know, I, I know that we both did not know every band and song on there. Yeah, but I that's feel definitely like... part of the issue. Although, really, if I'm doing my own personal taste, I wouldn't be picking those anyway, since I right. don't listen to them. I feel like there was at least something that we would enjoy on pretty much every... Like, there's a lot of Billie Eilish, there's a lot of My Chemical Romance, there's a lot of Green Day right. there, which I'm right. assuming is what you were choosing, right? Yeah, yeah. Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley. That's, that's rude. It is rude. I don't like that. I, I'm... Hmm. I take offense to that. My co-host is not Ron Weasley. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, She is absolutely much better as a person. And also, uh, uh, presumably, Ron's music taste is way worse. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. I will say that I I am curious because I took it and there was that one question that tripped us up. And it was about like getting rid of one individual album. Yeah. And I read it three or four times as I was, and I still don't quite understand if the question was pick your favorite or pick your least favorite. Yeah. It's cause it's weird. Cause it, it, it says that all four are incredible albums, which I think is supposed to be like, this is the hard choice. Cause there's the other kind of like partner to that question, which is um, pick which of these bands to delete in a list of what I think are supposed to be bands you don't like. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And then yeah. this one is like, here are some excellent albums. You have to pick one. Yeah. And I could, I could just never tell if it's like, are you making, are you making what it like, are you choosing the one that would be the biggest sacrifice? Right. Or are you choosing the one that would like out of four things that would be huge sacrifices, which would be the least painful. That's what I think it is. Mm-hmm. It's so confusing. Yeah. It's, it's not a great. So I think that might, might have tripped me up, but that still is just one question in the. Yeah. In the many. I'm still, I'm still, uh, absolutely not Ron Weasley. Thank you. That's fucked up. Do you want to know what I got? should I be, though? Who, hmm. Hmm. This is a dangerous question. Yeah, you're putting me in an interesting position here. Okay, but it's uh, not who I am. It's like, who, who, who would I, like, if I was getting together with someone and being like, let's listen to some music, what Harry Potter character would it be? Right. Right. I mean, can I? Okay, I will answer this question. Yeah. But can I read mine first? Yes, absolutely. Because because here's what I got. Mm. I got Severus Snape. Interesting. Interesting. You're a true emo. You may seem tough, <laughs> but you really Feel your emotions deep down. You're loyal to the end. You always have the backs of your friends in the long run. And you do what it takes to make sure they're okay, even if you're afraid or hurting. Snape doesn't have friends. 
He doesn't have have a single friend. What is it? What? This is one such an incredible read of Snape. I love Severus Snape. One dearly. Yes, he is a true emo. That is true. True emo. Yes. One hundred percent. I would not describe Snape as always having the backs of his friends in the long run. Like maybe hypothetically, like if he had friends, maybe (laughs) he'd have their back, but he doesn't. (laughs) If Snape had friends, sure. Um, I think I got this because I chose a couple. So I, I, there were those questions that asked you, like, would you listen to Joy Division and like New Order and stuff? And I, I, I chose all those, like, because I, because I like those bands. I chose Joy Division on one of those. Really? Yes. So it still gave you Ron Weasley? Yes. What the fuck? Ron doesn't listen to Joy Division. Yeah, Ron does not listen to Joy Division. He thinks he's like, Ron's like, oh, he sings a bit out of tune. Doesn't <laughs> it? I don't want to listen to that. Yeah, Ron Ron could not handle Joy Division, for sure. Um, but like, yeah, I chose like Billie Eilish and, and Joy Division and My Chemical Romance. So and there's Black Sabbath I chose at one point. Sure. Yeah, I... I've been robbed. Yeah, so so here was here was my here would be my delicate answer to your question that you posed before. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Which was which was I would have I would have fe- I thought you were going to get Snape because you were gonna because like I'm thinking like who who is like who is Snape listening to My Chemical Romance for sure. Yes. Uh. Uh. And Constantly. Like, yeah. He, but like he's listening to like the really jilted kind of like sarcastic uh uh like emo rocks like that 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 seems like Snape there's, to me there's nothing else that he could listen to that would work himself up into such like a hunger for drama right yeah right like 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 let's look at like who snape is he's messy he loves drama he's very dry and sarcastic mm-hmm. this is like that is that is his taste 100 percent. and so like you know you were talking about billy eilish and and my chemical romance and i figured those would be the ones you would pick and i figured those would be the snape ones right so 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 that would that i i was sure i was sure like when i when i sat down to take it myself i was like you're gonna get snape i'm gonna get dobby or something and it's gonna be really funny that that we got like our favorite characters or something right like right. like this is how i envisioned this going instead it it has insulted you yes it's insulted dobby frankly <laughs> i do not i do not buy their read on dobby because like i figured out so when i was like reverse engineering it trying to figure out how the fuck to get dobby it turns out you just ch- fucking choose whatever the, the the taste profile that i had to to like get for dobby has nothing to do with Dobby as a character. Complete nonsense. There was there was actually a listener who like tweeted at us that they also got Dobby, uh, answering earnestly, which yeah. is great. Like I, like I'm not saying that like that those ta- that taste profile doesn't exist, but like the portrait of Dobby that those answers, at least the ones I chose to get there, are like the complete opposite of 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 what we. It's like mostly 
screamo and hardcore that Dobby was listening to, which is such a it's funny kind of thing. It's that opposite take of ours, which was like he wouldn't want to listen to screamo because his ears are so big. But in <laughs> fact, he's like his ears are so big, like he, he loves it. Wants to listen to the biggest sound possible. Oh, I want to hear that breakdown. Right. Yeah. So maybe maybe we're wrong, but I think the quiz is wrong personally. I mean, I'm kind we- of offended by the description of Snape. Yeah. Yeah. This is such a bizarre read of Snape. What is? Do you have the wrong one on hand? I don't think so. Because like, I what took the it f- a few days ago, just on a on a whim. Because the because the thing is, the Harry Potter one, from what I remember, also says like, "Oh, you're loyal to your friends, no matter what." And it's like, I think that's like just what it's saying. Wait, what does the Dobby one say? People love to count you out, but you show time and time again how strong you are. You always step up to the plate when you need to and rise to the occasion, no matter how big. You're the best friend anyone could ask for. You love to move and groove, and you don't care who sees it. I. I need to call out this this <laughs> description of Snape right now because I've yeah. seen it in a few places. Um, someone on Twitter even tweeted like a very funny like description of Snape at maybe me or us um, that was like he's so loyal, and I see that everywhere like snape he's always got his friends back he's so loyal and i know what they're talking about i know it's about the lily thing but can i please bring some evidence to the court which is that here are two facts about snape one he's a spy like a double (laughs) agent he spies on two different people here's my second fact he got his only friend killed (laughs) right so, yeah, I don't know if loyal is really how I would describe those two things we know about him. Like, Infatuation is not loyalty. No. And those are the two things we know about his personal life, which are he is not loyal. But, but his job description involves not being loyal. Right. Uh, uh, it would be a detriment to him if he was loyal. He is a true emo, though. Yes, that's true. That part's I'm true. on board for that part so like i was almost flattered when i got snape but then i read the description i was like that's not snape right like 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 you know yeah okay i I mean yeah i guess i guess i am a true emo i do love i do love some emotional music but uh but i don't know about the rest of this for snape so i should be listening to music with snape i yeah i i oh that was the other possibility that i was wondering i was wondering if we were like gonna both get snape we're going to, like, both get the same character. Because, like, I think out of the options presented, we like all of the same stuff on there, pretty much. Like, like we both like MCR. We both like Green Day. We both like Billie Eilish. Like, those are those are all things we both listen to. So I was like, oh, are we both going to get Snape? And it's going to be really funny. But no, the quiz has betrayed us. The quiz has betrayed us. Um, can I tell you who I think you should have gotten? Who should I have gotten? Luna. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. You listen to some weird shit. <laughs> it's true, I do. I love listening to some some bonkers shit. I feel sometimes. like I feel like you and Luna would be like, "Hey, want to listen to the Witcher soundtrack again?" Yeah. <laughs> want to listen to some Polish ladies just going ape shit? Right. <laughs> you want to? Yeah, no, I like I like listening to, to 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 old folk music. I like listening to to weird experimental electronic stuff. I feel like Luna and I would find some stuff to to like you know jam out. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. That that's just that's what I'm I'm thinking. Seems yeah. seems more right. 
I think that's I think that's an apt choice. And I'm talking about Luna from like the good scenes, not from when she's the Joker. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. So that quest, that quest, that quiz was a bust. <laughs> I guess it kind of was a quest, honestly. Um, but uh, that that quiz was kind of a bust. So I took the initiative to find out what other music related quiz quizzes there were. Yeah, there were surprisingly fewer than I thought there would be. I thought there would be so many of these like music taste ones. Yeah, there are two, and one isn't even about music, mm. but I felt like it was an important one. Sure. First one here is very short. It's only eight questions. Uh, this is this is which Harry Potter are you based on your taste in music from classicfm.com. Oh. So this one's going to be for us. Wonderful. For sure. uh, which one of these classical pieces is a bit of you? Are we Dobby? Mm, are we Dobby? I feel like we should just answer for ourselves here, maybe. Or, well, no, okay, if we're going through together, we might have diverging answers. Yeah, maybe we should try and do Dobby here again. Box Toccata and Fugue in D minor. Mm. Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture. Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 9. Or Hoedown by Copeland. <laughs> oh, Hoedown easily. That's Dobby. Yeah, Dobby loves the Hoedown. Oh, yeah. Dobby that- loves Copeland. Yeah. Okay. Do you prefer listening to music in a major or minor key? Dobby's um, major key. Now, now here, so one, absolutely. But I need to read you how these answers are presented because <laughs> okay. they have, they have, um, they have RP quotation marks. Oh, good. So there's major and then in, uh, in RP, uh, uh, asterisks grins. And then that did a little. That did a little bit of damage to me. I have to admit. And then for minor key in in little RP quotes, it has put pure evil. Well, Dobby you know, I was I was going to say that Dobby could be, it could enjoy a minor key if it's like mischievous a yeah. little bit, because you can get a little bit of that, right? Yeah, like do 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 do. Yeah, like he's listening to that. Paul the Mountain King, sure, but if, he, but if, if they're it, saying but if the pure RP evil, quotes are grin and pure evil. It's he's grinning. A major key. Yeah, he's grinning. What is your favorite host planet? Mars, the bringer of war. <laughs> Jupiter, the bringer of jollity. Venus, the bringer of peace. Or Uranus, the magician. Uh, Jupiter is my favorite, so I'm getting think, stuck on that. Yeah, but also bringer of jollity. It's either it's just like, the name is yes Dobby when I yeah. think about Jupiter I'm not like oh that's Dobby but I also can't I mean he's obviously not Mars not even close he's not Venus and he's I don't think like Uranus like the magician like that's a little mischievous but it's I think that's got to be like the Dumbledore coded answer it's a right mischievous though yeah I feel like the magician is like the Dumbledore coded answer for sure. But Dumbledore is also like a bringer of jollity a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, that's like, true. You know, people try to be tense, but he he's like unflappable, smiling. Like Snape is grumpy. He's like, want a lemon drop? Hmm, that's true. <sighs> it's between Jupiter or Uranus here for sure. What do you think? Uh, although Uranus might just be Ron because he makes the joke. Oh, it, so yeah. we, we mm. might be falling into a trap there. Let's pick Jupiter. Jupiter. Okay. Piano or organ? 
the options are piano, of course, and then organ. It's far more dramatic. Uh, then Dobby is piano. That's a very piano. odd commentary. But it's okay. loading. It's loading these questions for us here. Yeah. Okay, piano, of course. Select a film theme to listen to. Danny Elfman's <laughs> A Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh huh. Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. Hans Zimmer's Inception Theme. <laughs> Isle of Dogs by Alexandre Desplat. Uh, or John Williams' score to Indiana Jones. I'm not much of a movie theme person, so you're gonna have to offer me some guidance. I'm going to assume not Inception. I was I was hoping that uh, Dobby's theme would be on here because that would be really easy. Yeah, for, I feel like for Dobby, it's got to be either Isle of Dogs because that's a very whimsical score, or or The Nightmare Before Christmas because that one's very mischievous. I'm mm, Danny Elfman music. That's that's Dobby music for sure. I think. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's also like the really goth answer, and I feel like that might be like a Snape trap, oh, you know? Easy. Yeah, that's Snape. Um, I think that Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. Not trying yeah, to that's say like Dobby a is a dog. Whimsical music. Oh, that is probably serious, isn't it? <sighs> this is fucked. It's Hedwig's theme. Which of these key signatures sums you up? C major, simple and friendly. Yep. The triumphant D major. D sharp minor, I'm full of existential angst. <laughs> B major, I'm a little complicated. Uh, probably C major, right? Yeah, simple and friendly. That's Davi. Uh, Bach or Einaudi? Hmm. And then the options here are Bach, are you mad? And then the other one is Einaudi, his music is so soothing. Again, the commentary really throws me off. The commentary, I, I'm trying to parse what they mean by are you mad? Is that like a, oh, you mad? Or is that like a, are you crazy? Like, are you, of course, Bach. Like, what do they? Oh. It's probably, of course, Bach. Of course, Bach is my favorite. You fool. Right. <laughs> Who the fuck is a Naudi? I mean, I guess that's probably the answer for Dobby, right? Bach? Yeah. Yeah, Bach, Yeah. Because he's probably never heard of the other one, for sure. I don't know if Dobby's really... I don't know what Dobby does in his off on his off day. That's true. Okay, let's pick Bach, though. Which opera is your favorite? The Marriage of Figaro by Mozart. Tosca by Puccini. Uh, La Traviata by Verdi. Tannhauser by Wagner. Wagner, whatever. Or Salome by Strauss. It's not Wagner. It's not Wagner. It's not Salome. Uh, uh, Probably the Marriage of Figaro. It's a bit playful. Yeah. Yeah. Marriage of Figaro. <laughs> oh. Well. We got Hagrid. Honestly, I'll though. That. I'll take that. Okay. Here's the thing. When we got Harry doing Dobby answers, I'm yeah. like not even close. Yeah. Hagrid makes sense. Like Hagrid I think that sense. it's easy to veer off into Hagrid when you're trying to get Dobby. Yeah, they're both 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 playful, both earnest, right? Uh, uh, I could that 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 feels fair. I don't feel cheated by that. Mm -mm. I don't feel cheated. I don't feel insulted. No, that's fine. We'll I'll I'll try and get. I don't even know if Dobby's an option here, but but uh, but but you know that that I'll take that. I'll take Hagrid for sure. Yeah. All right, we got one more quiz here. This one was just too cursed to give uh, to, to to give a pass. Sure. 
Choose your favorite YouTubers below, and we'll tell you which house you're meant for. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite in what way? (sighs) I guess we'll find out. I'm clicking Let's Play. Pick a YouTuber you think would be in Gryffindor. (laughs) Okay, I swear I'm not making these up. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so Markiplier. Obviously real. We know know Markiplier. I know Markiplier, yeah. Nathan Zed. Okay. Dan Howell. Roly Ongasa. <laughs> We're just gonna have to pick the ones we know. Swoozy. Uh huh. Dina Tokyo. Okay. Emma Blackery and Shashaley. Sometimes I forget that YouTube is like a fandom in itself. Shashaley, excuse me, but yes, YouTube is its own fucking thing. It's Markiplier. Easy. Okay, Markiplier. <laughs> What's your ideal video length? I feel. <laughs> <laughs> and what what are we talking about <laughs> how long was that um david lynch short film 15 minutes that's my ideal video length okay that was a great little little thing yeah it was how cute was that uh okay 15 minutes pick a youtuber you think would be in ravenclaw oh boy here we go again okay joe sug i think i know joe sug uh evan eddinger Lily Singh, I know her. Uh, Grace Helbig, the one janitor. Ingrid Nilsson, I know that name. Dodie, and Shane Dawson. Um, Shane Dawson because he's very he likes to investigate things. That's right. He's <laughs> he's. <laughs> okay. Uh, which of these video genres is the most Muggle esque? What the fuck? Muggle-esque. YouTuber drama, pranks, responses, or vlogs? This is this is easier for me to answer because I know what all the options are, but I don't understand, understand the question. What muggle, yeah, what is Muggle-esque? Is that... Well, okay, YouTuber drama is not the most Muggle-esque because we know Snape lives for drama and he's a wizard. Yep. Pranks, uh, Fred and George. Enough mm-hmm. said. Responses. Harry and Luna put a response in their paper to Daily Prophet. So that's wizard. I think Daily Vlogs is the most muggle-esque. That's, yeah, that's fair enough. Wizards, wizards aren't doing Daily Vlogs. They have, like, no equivalent to that. No. Okay. Pick a YouTuber you think would be in Slytherin. Oh, fuck. We've got so many good <laughs> ones here just for I us. Feel set, I feel set adrift in this quiz. <laughs> I feel like I'm losing. I've lost an anchor to knowing what what we're doing and what our goals are here okay well pick a youtuber you think would be in slytherin you're gonna have so many options to choose from here please just pick logan paul grace victory glozell anna akana mamry hart jack septiguy oh i dubs pewdiepie or lacy green (laughs) you have to pick pewdiepie yeah yeah you have to yep as much as i want to pick lacy green there no that you just you just read off all the names of of all the slytherin students at hogwarts is the thing so (laughs) okay which viral video is the most magical oh my fucking god oh wow evolution of dance chocolate rain chewbacca mom 
Shoes? What what year was this written? <laughs> Shoes and chocolate rain? I was in high school. <laughs> Pineapple pen? Gangnam style. <laughs> Why the fuck video. you lying? Or David after dentist? I have lost my grip on Jesus reality. Christ. Is this what being normal is like? <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I <laughs> what is Holy the shit. What a spread. I need, I need the prompt. I'm I'm losing my grip. I need you to bring Which me back. Which viral to video? Which okay. viral video is the most magical out of those? That did not help me. And the, <laughs> there's a gif of Harry getting the wand and like his hair ruffling, you know? Like like he's bristling with power. <laughs> yeah. Like which video is he watching that's making that happen to him? Is he watching... I think it's the opposite. I want to pick Pineapple Pen because I think that's maybe the trick that Fred and George were doing to impress the muggle girl. <laughs> Holy shit. Just the idea that, like, Harry is holding this wand. He's he's rippling with energy. <laughs> and he's just watching fucking Chewbacca Mom. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. He's watching Shoes. He's watching shoes. God, remember that? Remember when that was what everyone was quoting for like a year? He went. In he went. 2006? He went home. He, yeah, he went home for the summer in 2006 to visit oh, Dudley, and Dudley's like, yeah. "Harry, check this out. Check this shit out. Let's get some shoes." <laughs> okay, what are we picking here? Is it what's the most magical? I just told you it's pineapple pen. It's pineapple I've pen. Lo I've lost my grip. I I don't right. have a better answer for you. All right, we only got two more questions. Oh, thank God. Uh, uh, pick a YouTuber you think would be in Hufflepuff. Uh, Scola Dondo, uh, Eamon Kellum, Hannah Witten, Melanie Murphy. I know that name for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, Zoella, Phil Lester. Tyler Oakley. Oh, wait, didn't Tyler Oakley get canceled? Or am I thinking of someone else? Uh, I, and I just assume they all have been canceled. Hannah Hart, they're, all, they're all in a perpetual state of cancellation. And Hannah Hart is the last one. Every time the, it comes to those lists, I'm like hoping for at least two that I know so I can say any. And I think this is the first one where I'm like, I don't. How is there no Paul brother on this? No Paul brothers. Yeah, in, in please, any of these please let me riff about the Paul brothers. It's all I want. <laughs> uh, I I'm Hufflepuff. Just pick a name that sounds the most like a like a J.K. Rowling Hufflepuff name. Well, Hufflepuffs are like nice, right? Who's yeah. the Who's got the nicest photo so, here? So, so, oh, there's photos. Yeah, there's sorry. Yeah, I have to pick. F f there's photos here. Yeah. I think I think Eamon Kellum. Great. He looks friendly. Great. I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick that. Pick that guy. Pick the YouTube feature that only squibs use. Yeah. Uh, YouTube Live, YouTube Super Chat, YouTube Red, and YouTube TV. Can I please? Is you? I'm. Wait. YouTube Red is different from YouTube TV. I, I guess. Apparently. <laughs> I don't I know. Just, I just want to pick whatever the option is that is you're you're paying for YouTube's like original TV shows. That's YouTube Red. Yeah, I think. it's that. That's that. That is the squib squib version. Okay. Of, of okay, streaming it's services. 
It's got a fancy animation. I don't even know what it's going to tell us. What is the name of the quiz? Uh, get sorted into a brand new Hogwarts house based on your brand favorite YouTubers. New? Yeah. Well, this is, we chose Hufflepuff answers. I don't know what, based on what, what that means. I am out. I, I've left the Earth's <laughs> orbit. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> just happened. <laughs> the past 10 minutes have been a blur. <laughs> I don't know. what. Oh, my God. That well, was a glimpse you. into a world that I do not understand. Thank you to Tiger Beat Magazine for that. <laughs> Remember Tiger Beat? Jesus. Tiger oh, Beat my... remembers shoes, so. Um, yeah, I think that was the last time I heard anyone talk about Tiger Beat was when shoes was uh, <laughs> happening, you know? <laughs> so, incredible. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we could find out that, uh, that we were in Hufflepuff if only based on our youtube knowledge uh mm, that's mm-hmm. i don't know wh- how how is that calculated i'm even more obsessed with how that one's put together than like the the music one because that one doesn't even add that one's not even giving you like scenarios like that's not saying like you're down in the dumps you want to distract yourself with a youtube video what do you watch and it's like i was expecting it to be like do you watch a guy eat rations from the 1940s or uh do you watch train videos or do you watch prank vi- like right but instead it was just like pick a name pick a video from the from the early 2000s that's adorable that you thought that <laughs> i love i love i love that i love that that's what you thought <laughs> i had way too high an estimation of this quiz clearly no, see see i knew it was going to be about youtube fandom mm-hmm. and like youtubers right the thing that throws me off is that i oftentimes think that i'm very kind of in touch like i think i know what's up mm-hmm. not that i like i i i click on all the stuff i read about all the drama right i, I can't help it it's my You're dark snake. secret you live for drama right exactly but i can't believe like i learned how little little i know yeah, I guess the last YouTuber drama I was really like following because it was funny was the pro Jared stuff. I I uh, just I guess I I know about it as soon as it hits the news and not a moment before. Hmm. Well, that was certainly enlightening. Uh, these quizzes continue to be baffling, just incredible. I feel like I've just learned that I'm living in Plato's cave. All right. Well, on that note, on that revelation, we should probably take it to the close. What do you say? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can catch them on Bandcamp and you can check us out at patreon.com slash streetcast. Uh, we've continued our Witcher discussion. Uh, we'll have more of that in future as well. We have we have lots and lots of fun stuff. Hey, we've talked about YouTubers on there before. Kind of relevant to uh, to this this third segment, but uh, what are we reading next week? Uh, so we're reading chapter seventeen. It's called a sluggish memory, which makes me feel like Woo! it's going to be another pensive chapter. Um, do you have the book handy so that you can look at I the do. chapter illustration and tell me what is going on? Let's see, a sluggish do- memory. Because it looks to me like Grop is in a knife fight with a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it Hagrid? What? Well, no, it's too short to be Hagrid. That looks like one of the Croods <laughs> fighting Dracula. No, 
no earthly idea. So, uh, well, that's a that's, high, it's a high bar. Yeah, that's something to look forward to, I guess. Uh, but please, even if you are a huge fan of the Croods, please read another book. Please read another book. Ocean roll seem tame, but I know what you're after if you catch your eye. Because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.